Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. The Audio Vault on 941 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Fumble! Good way to start the show. You want to do Sports Center over? No, I don't. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Fantastic start. Buttons just, aren't pushed right. That's just awesome. Yeah. I need to write myself a note, I guess, to make sure that everything is set up in the studio properly. You know, it's part of your job description. It is? Not really. No, it's no, really it, not. No, it's not. I didn't think so, but, you know, I guess it is now. Well, that, that's all right, because we had that fumble, and then we had the other fumble, because we didn't play the right open on this Guess Wednesday. what day it is. <laughs> well, Pledge was running around crazy trying to help me out. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's, uh, can, can we just, like, reset? I well, mean, he wouldn't we have heard it the show anyway. over? Uh, huh? He wouldn't have heard it anyway. Well, well that's true. It, it, it's part of it. So, I, I have no idea what was going on in the studio today, but when we walked in here, first off, we've got lights that I didn't know we had. That works. So they fix lights in here today? Uh, it looks like it. All right. <laughs> Dude. Glad Pledge was paying attention. And then we have a computer monitor that if you're watching on YouTube, you can't see. But it wasn't working. But that's how there's a lot of communication and things that go through. And literally like two minutes before the show, the engineer, what's his name? Hanlon? Halen. 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 Uh, Halen. He handled everything and got it. It, it, it started working. It. But, it, but it was making noises. That I didn't know that it made. In other words, all the audio that Pledge plays in the background was coming through that speaker, but I didn't know there was a speaker on that thing. I've never heard noise come out of that. I thought it was just a screen. So we had to figure out that. And then Rob in the morning adjusts some stuff in here so he can communicate with RJ when they're not on the uh -huh, air. Uh -huh. And if he doesn't put them back the right way, you start talking and you realize... Nobody can hear you. Well, I guess I was confused because I recorded a sports center mm -hmm. and we had no problem. You recorded one for KTSA. Yes. Yeah. That's so, different, though, because you actually are just doing that. You need to hear the actual audio. Uh, see, I, and when it's in the other setting, you can't hear what's going over the air. Now, see, all of this is like French or Russian. It, it, it really it's like, is. I, I don't know what anybody's talking about. It's just like I'm supposed to turn the mic on and it's supposed to work. Well, I mean, you push a button and you talk. That right. is literally your job. That's my job description. I push that little red button. I talk into this big thing here and boom. Boom. The magic happens. Yeah, other people push all the right <laughs> buttons, or or they don't. See, the other day when I was on the morning huddle with RJ, RJ did an entire sports center that nobody heard either. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
There you go. You because see, there, there was a a button that wasn't pushed right. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that doesn't know how to push buttons. It's a little knob right here that you have to turn. And there's a knob, and you got to you, you got all kinds of you settings. Got, you got to twist yeah. a knob, but the one that go on the air, uh-huh. you know, it's called Air Mix Pre. It it is, uh, and, and so, so when you walk in and you look down and it says Program Three, then you realize you're not going to talk to the world. You're just going to talk to, I don't know, somebody on the other side of the glass, and they're the only ones that can hear you. Well, that's assuming that you look down and see that it's not in Air Mix Pre. I, I mean, and I and when you didn't do that, because you know you come in here, I've set the computer up, I uh-huh. you get the this over here ready to go and that over there ready to go, and then I record the Sports Center for KTSa. So in my pea brain, I'm thinking, well, I'm ready to go. At no least, problem. Nick Trey on our YouTube says at least the mic flags work. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Thank you, Nick Trey, for the lovely mic flags that we got when we came back from Las Vegas. Uh, they are nice. Although we got a. Uh, adjust the the cord out of there so it doesn't cover up part of the the deal. This one here, yeah. All right, just swing it around to the front, huh? I guess I don't know. I, I mean, because they looked really good yesterday on television. Yeah, well, I, I we, didn't get the chance to see that. So how how did that that turn out? It, it turned out fine. Yeah. Um you know, Ken's vibe did a uh, came over here and talked with us. We were a part of their story covering the big brawl the other night during the UIW men's basketball game. To uh, my knowledge, they haven't even uh, still not announced any punishment. I haven't heard anything. No. Nothing. Not a word, not a statement, not anything. I guess we could uh, send an email over there and see if they're ready to talk. Or maybe the Southland Conference has concluded its investigation. Yeah, they're just hoping it goes away. I, well, I mean, nobody really paid attention to it before this and and after this. You know, they're just – let's get back to normal over here at UIW. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, you know, has been an issue that I've had with UIW for a long time is they don't really do anything outside of Broadway, right? You yeah, know, they, they want people to come, but they don't do anything to invite people to come, <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, hopefully they'll get that thing resolved and, and they'll let us know something. You know, that's all we want. Just let us know that everything's taken care of. When's the end of the season? They'll uh, figure it out by then. You think so? Now, see, what if it takes that long? Then do you go into the next season or... You know, it's just crazy. Let's get this thing resolved. It should have been resolved yesterday. You, you, you are done. Mm-hmm. That's the end, and uh, we'll move on. At least you're all well-fed. the hell does that mean? Pledge wants acknowledgement that he bought lunch today. Did he buy it at UIW? I'm wondering where... No. Yeah. No, it had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. <laughs> just, uh, you know, curveball out of left field. You, right? Had nothing to do with the current conversation. Just derail everything. I was like, Whoa. Because he wants accolades that he literally left and went and bought lunch today, as he promised to do. And he delivered said lunch. And it was a great lunch pledge. It was awesome. So thank you for that. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I think pledge is... is uh, Way ahead of the game, and and not necessarily with me, but with you, because you you bring the dude lunch three times a week, at least. Yeah, I would say, at least, at least. So every now and then, I'll uh, you know, I'll I'll bring something in for pledge. I've known him a long time. I don't do it as much as you, though. If I don't feed him, he doesn't eat. No, he eats, dude. No, he really. He, I he mean, does. 
Pledge will, will go all day till he gets home to whatever frozen crap is in his freezer. Pledge has got a, a Frito warehouse in his in his in the back of that studio there. He does? You've got Fritos back there? No, well, maybe not I've got Fritos. Some dots. The dots pretzels. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> He's got a lot of snacks. Yeah. He doesn't have a meal. Uh-huh. Okay. Here's the here's I don't want to say the problem. It's gonna sound bad. But here's what happens. If it's a problem. If I show up a lot of times I'll, you know, but if I grab lunch and I bring it to the station, I'm going to eat at my desk. Uh-huh. And Pledge will walk in, oh, puppy dog eyes. Uh-huh. He'll look. He'll mention his favorite item at whatever restaurant I was at. You know, he'll mope. And he will just sit there and stare at you like a puppy. Yeah. While you're eating lunch. Like, do you want me to throw you a French fry? Or like Josie, the station dog. That, you know, will come in if we've got brisket, you know, and, and she sits there until you give her some brisket. That I'm is, surprised we didn't see her today. That is pledge. She must have the day off. She must. Um, uh, but knowing all the broken stuff around here apparently today, probably, you know, engineer Shelton is is busy. Uh, although I didn't it was see Shelton doing anything. Fixed everything. Yeah, I mean, somebody, Shel- somebody, Shel- somebody changed some light bulbs that have been out for 12 years. I don't, I don't know what Shelton did. I didn't see him doing anything today. Yeah. So, as usual. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's played solitaire. You know, the, these are weird, though. I these mean, lights? Yeah, they're kind of they're Annoying. bright. Well, they're bright. What are they for? I have no clue. All it's right. almost like a TV studio. Well, kind of. So you think the engineers saw the TV cameras come in yesterday, and they said, well, we're going big time. I, I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's it. Does it make a difference for those of you watching on YouTube? I, I can't see a difference. I, I don't can't, think so. I got I a little... Little light on the camera right here. Well, you, I mean, you know, because you're using Rob's light. I am, and, yeah. and Rob's nice enough to, uh, light to leave on? that here. It is. Is this, so I can't tell is the shine on the top of your head from those lights or your camera light. Well, I don't have. Uh, well, that's a good question. I, I see. I have a problem with those lights because I wear glasses. Uh huh. And so you see the the ring lights in your glasses when you. I don't see any turn ring on lights. the. Well, it's because I don't use a ring. Oh, I see what if you're I, saying. If I turned one on. Now, see, it, it doesn't make a difference if I turn that off. Oh, oh that's yeah. even brighter. See, that's bright. Wow. Look at that. Right now, angle now in the spotlight. Off. So I don't know if that'll make a difference or not. But I appreciate Rob leaving the camera in here. And I appreciate nice. Shelton finally changing a light bulb. You're assuming that Shelton did that. I mean. It was only those light bulbs. Mine are still out. Well, you don't need any. Um, I have no idea where I was going there. It's just another. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you where I'm going now. I had a hell of a time last night. That's where I was going to go. Sticks concert at the rodeo last night was fantastic. I got to uh, me Let me pull a pledge and interrupt you for uh-huh. a moment. Go ahead. That was fantastic. Right. Is that your keyword? Is Fantastic. That, yeah. Is that a buzzword for you? Is that so I go to the wash tub today and I'm getting my car washed and the guy that, you know, does all the stuff at the beginning and you you, you know, when you're walking inside, he he screams in and he says, Hey, quick second. Tell Rhinagle that's fantastic. And I was like, looked at him and he's like, He says everything is fantastic. That's his word. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't it. either. Wow. I always think your word is you we're doing an interview, and I gotta ask you a question. Because, you know, we're literally interviewing somebody. Uh-huh, the job is uh-huh. to ask questions, sure. but you do say that. I got it. Right. I, I, I've not noticed you say that's, that's fantastic. fantastic. I, I haven't uh, either. To where the guy literally said he should put that on a t shirt. 
Well, let's let's play a drinking game today, then, for all of you that are off. And, uh, you know, that's fantastic. And apparently, according to Ryan, who is quick with the poll. <laughs> of course he is. He, uh, he gets I, excited I, when he gets to put up a poll. And see, this is the other thing. I'm sick. When did I ever say I'm sick and tired? Yeah, a lot. I never I say mean, you that. You sound like a, a cross Canadian ragweed song. I've never seen. I've never said that. Uh, that and clown show. Well, clown, uh, yeah, clown show. Yes. <laughs> there are a lot of things I do say. I don't remember sick and tired or. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. But you know what? That's fantastic. Statistics was fantastic last night. It was fantastic last night. (laughs) The entire rodeo was fantastic last night. It was outstanding. Dude, that was good. That was a good one. And you know what they said? Because, dude, we had the the best seats. John at Awesome Tickets hooked us up. I got to give him a plug and say thank you because we were in what's called a super box. You know where the super box is at the Frost Bank Center? Yes. There's two of them. Yeah. And in between them is this big restaurant. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But in our little super box is a separate bar. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. <laughs> a bathroom. Yeah. Right there. So all of the necessities that Joe needs. Bathroom and right bar. Right there. And the two food. Bs. And food. Uh, so BBF. Okay. <laughs> It, it, it was good. So I'm talking, closing out my tab at the end of the of, of the show, and the bartender's there, and we're talking. And he goes, you know, um, Sticks was fantastic. The, the the he said fantastic. Actually, I didn't. Mm-hmm. He said Sticks was great. The sound was great. Cheap Trick sucked because Cheap Trick apparently played in there on Friday. Okay. He said their sound guy was terrible. Really, Sticks' sound guy was very good. That's what he said. I said, well, I wasn't here, so I don't know. I find that interesting because yeah. I, I would think that the Frost Bank Center would control all the sound. I, I, I mean, no they idea. all have their own guys, but ultimately. I have no idea. He just said it. The, the Cheap Trick concert, the sound wasn't very good. Well, they got cheap in their name. Apparently. Yes. So anyway, it, it turned out to be a fantastic concert. Did you hear all your favorites? All except for, yeah, there were about three or four songs they could have played that I would like to have heard, but I heard most of them and, and it was good. Um, so I was happy about it. Played for about an hour and a half. They did. They did. And for a bunch of old guys, man, they're bouncing around and, and doing stuff. And it's, it Drugs was good. Are incredible. Apparently so. Yeah. I, I, I love the, the idea of one, an hour and a half show for those guys. <coughs> and when you see <coughs> older bands and I, I love going to see, the bands that I grew up on and you want to see them before they're gone, right? Like going to see kiss. Yeah. You know, yeah. What a month or so ago up in Austin. Oh, off of our record in 1977. I was four (laughs) and you're still playing that thing and you're still crushing it. Sticks did the same thing last night. They were talking about all their, all their albums and you know, full transparency sticks is the first concert I ever attended. Really? Very first one. So last night, well, you lost your concert virginity. Well, not last night. Oh, oh. This was uh, several years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little later than 1975, but uh, not much. Yeah. But, yeah, first concert I ever went to was Sticks. So, if, you know, it was it was memorable. That's awesome. My first was Bon Jovi. Oh, wow. 1986 at the Frank Irwin Center. Living on a Prayer? Yeah, their Slippery Wind Wet Tour. Uh-huh. Nice. Yep. Never seen Bon Jovi, and quite frankly... Probably never will. 
Bon Jovi puts on a good show. I'm sure they do. And I'm sure if they roll around again, your wife's going to make you go see John Bon Jovi. No, I don't think so. I think she would. I don't think so. I I think she would. No. Second concert was the Beastie Boys and Vanilla Ice. Nice. Now. At at Fort Hood. Yeah, we've been invited back to the rodeo on Friday. Yeah. For Big and Rich. They're country dudes, right? They're country dudes. Yeah. So I'm not sure that we're doing that, but we might. Invited back, huh? Invited back. For a small ro- fee. Yeah, well, the rodeo was fun. You know, I you didn't to- do anything at the rodeo. Don't. I'm not going to let you lie to the people. You did nothing at the rodeo. I watched the rodeo people do the rodeo things. By by 6.40, Joe sends a picture. Hey, man, I made the big screen. Well, we thought you made Kiss Me, Cam, and you showed me a, a Bill Taylor doing the forecast. You didn't walk around the rodeo grounds or do no. any of that. You went straight to the super box, had prime rib, sat in your luxury seat, and, and enjoyed a show. And you probably sat down the entire concert, too. I'm talking about the guys riding the, the Bronx you didn't and do roping the rodeo. And the, I watched were, the rodeo. Yeah. I saw where the carnival was. You saw it. I saw you it. You drove yeah. right past it to park. I did. <laughs> Just hope you didn't run over a carny or a kid. I was thrilled, and it was. it's interesting because, you know, I, I gosh, I, I haven't been back to the Frost Bank Center, AT&T Center, slash, in, in a while. So yeah. it's good to be back in there. That used to be my uh, home away from home. Absolutely. <laughs> How did it smell? Uh, like cow poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the rodeo doesn't have a big sponsorship deal with, like, Febreze. <laughs> I don't even think that would work. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you know what else stinks for a lot of you? The idea of Dak Prescott becoming the highest-paid quarterback Jeez. in the NFL. That's a nightmare. It's, it's not news, but it's news, apparently. We'll dive into that. Coming up here on the Blitz on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star... It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryan Egoline, Jason Minix on this Wemby Wednesday, also known as Hump Day. It is. We had some technical issues at the top of the hour, so. Hump Day? We'll, uh, re- <laughs> mm. you, you, you got to work your way into it. Speaking- well, no, it's not that. I mean, you know, we just throws a random hump day in there and pledges on one today we're 24 minutes in man and i have no idea <laughs> yeah you know it's like dude we got to check your sobriety you safe to drive this thing well pl- pledges never refreshed yeah he's coming off his first vacation in about 10 years and he's you know he's a new man yeah although he came in and worked the double and i don't know if he's been to bed yet uh if you're watching on youtube Appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button and like. And a very special welcome to Stephanie Noel Bouton, if I'm saying that right. It's probably something with a little uh, bouton. You think? Bouton. Because she's listening in or watching in from France? Right. So it's not Bouton. Bouton. Hey. hey bouton. Yeah, w- welcome to South Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to see that. Howdy from, uh, she'd say howdy, but. You, know, you little, can't little, say howdy from South little, Texas. Little, little heart symbol uh-huh. from uh, from France. So Look that's, at that. That's You're awesome. Going all Travis Kelsey. Isn't that nice? Taylor Swift, except for Stephanie. Uh-huh. 
Bouton. Bouton. I don't know. Well, it would be like Louis, right? Louis Vuitton. Vuitton, right? Well, is it like, It's a V. Well, yeah, for Louis, but for Stephanie, it's with a B. B B B B. A bouton. Yeah, is it is it the, is it pronounced bouton. the same way except that, a I B would, instead of a B? I would assume it's similar. All right, Stephanie, we'll just go with that. Hey, Steph, appreciate you checking in yes. from France. Welcome maybe, to San Antonio and South Texas. Maybe the south of France. Perhaps. I don't know. Who knows? Or Paris. Yeah. I guess we better not say anything bad about Wimby. Why would we? Well, we wouldn't. I'm just saying. Keep that in mind. Dude's on a... Uh, uh, he's the only good thing about the Spurs right now. <laughs> Everything else kind of sucks, but well, Wemby. Although, I, got, I had a curiosity. of you. You've seen the billboard, right? I have, yes. Uh, I've seen pictures of the billboard. I haven't seen the billboard. Yes, full right? transparency, but yes. 37 and Fair Avenue. Is that where it is? Yeah. Okay. There's only one? I, that's the only one that I'm aware of. I mean, it's Louis Vuitton. They had to have them all over the place. Well, I, I mean, I believe there's a Louis store at North Star Mall. I'm sure there is. I, I did not know that until I saw that on Twitter, right? I don't go to Louis. Well, I, I, I don't I, either, right? but my wife does. Well, I was saying, I mean, like, <laughs> all right. But it just seems like, like from an ad placement standpoint, that's not where I would have put the billboard. You know, I, I would put the billboard up, you know, I don't know, near the Dominion. Or near North Star Mall where they've got a store. Unless they just really wanted the billboard where you can get the Tower of Americas in the background of the photo. Because that's the coolest thing about it. Well, it could be. But, you know, with all the expansion over there in Southtown. Yeah. You know. There's, I, there's I, some I, money down there. Sure. You know. So, I, hey, it's good. And and it fits, right? Wimby and Louie. Uh, two famous French people. Absolutely. It works. Yeah. Dak Prescott. Is he French? No. Okay. He's not, but he's from Louisiana, so I'm sure he likes he's French Cajun, food. Yeah, right? a little Cajun in there. It's a bit of a stretch. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he can buy a private plane and fly to France. He can. Yeah, that that's certainly a possibility. Um, I I look at, you know, Jordan Schultz at Bleacher Report. You know, has this item yesterday, and it's it's catching on like wildfire, as if this is breaking news. It is not. This has been something that has been. Captain Obvious, for anybody that follows football, for over a year that Dak Prescott coming into this offseason is going to get a new deal, and when he does, he's going to reset the market. You have Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this to me is probably one of the more intriguing quarterback um, scenarios to hit hit the offseason for so many reasons. One, Dak Prescott really had the best season of his career. But you also have Dallas, who still has to pay CeeDee Lamb. They still have to pay Micah Parsons. And obviously, they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. Now, I've been on the record. I believe Dak Prescott is going to command somewhere along the lines of $60 million per year, potentially making him the highest-paid quarterback in football and resetting his quarterback market. He played that well. And really, for most of the season, especially that back half of the year, Dak Prescott was the MVP favorite or in that conversation and obviously finished inside the top five. So he really was there throughout. Okay, And then you also have the fact that, again, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you push CeeDee Lamb down this year, so you really have to pay him. You could wait to pay Micah Parsons because he's now extension eligible for the first time. This was his third season. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts. But I believe considering – 
how well Dak played for Dallas this year, considering the alternatives and the fact that Jerry Jones really wants to win now, doesn't want to have to start over a quarterback, and has a tremendous amount of respect for Dak Prescott. I believe that Dak Prescott is going to reset the quarterback market and get in the vicinity of $60 million. All right, cool. This- all right, thanks, Jordan. Uh, Jordan Schultz, Bleacher Report with not breaking news. Not, No, not at all. And the other piece of breaking news that's not, Jerry Jones wants to win now. He's wanted to win now for 30 years. You didn't hear anything from that report yesterday that you haven't heard on the Blitz for a long time, that you haven't heard on the morning huddle, that you haven't heard from R.J. Ochoa or from Shereen Williams or from a John Machota or a Clarence Hill. There there was, uh, other than it's the offseason and that caught a fire for whatever reason. He's the next quarterback in line, regardless of what you think of Dak Prescott. He was second in MVP voting. He did have a great regular season. We know about his playoffs. Um, And the Cowboys don't have another viable alternative. There's... They're not going to replace anybody. uh, They're not going to replace Dak with somebody better. Right now, that just isn't on the table. And him resetting the market, that's just what happens. I, I, I hear that, and I'm like... Why is this catching fire? There is nothing new here that Jordan is reporting. And quite frankly, I don't think Jordan was reporting anything. He's having a conversation piece and explaining what we've all known for well over a year. Yeah, I'm not sure, but he sounds like he's saying it. Like, hey, I'm telling you something that you haven't heard. Yeah. And guess what? This is going to happen. And so if that's kind of the way if it is. you haven't heard that, welcome back from under the rock. Exactly. Tony exactly. Pollard might not have heard that. Outside of that, everybody else yeah. with ears has. Yeah, Tony Pollard may not have heard it because he doesn't do social media or anything else. Um, I would be shocked if Dak Prescott is not the highest paid player. There always is that outside possibility that Jerry says, let's let it ride. Now, I was really surprised and uh, with, with Shereen Williams yesterday on Mike McCarthy because I asked her, about if, if you know, because I I still believe that that Jerry has done Mike McCarthy a disservice. Yep. By just making him a lame duck, he's floating in the wind, and uh, he's playing for his job. You either fire him or or give him an extension. Didn't do either one of those things, so he's just there. Uh, and she said, "Oh, that's just how Jerry is. That's what he does." And so I'm thinking, well, okay. I still think it's a disservice, it whether is. it's to Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett before him. But it is kind of Jerry's way. So I I agree with you. You don't want a lame duck coach. No. But he has done that, so I don't think many were surprised because he's done it before. At the same time, something that Shereen Williams did say yesterday about a star player that she would not pay, that did surprise me. We'll dive into that. Coming up next here on The Blitz on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnitz. Glad to have you along on this Wemby Wednesday. Hump day. <laughs> what? Wemby Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, we started, that a, we, we started that a long time ago. We did. And then hump day kind of took over. But uh-huh. if you're going to slack hump on the hump day. day. 
Well, I'm, I'm not I'm, slacking. I'm, I'm, clearly, you are. No, we, um, we have I mean, a, they're we even have saying producer. it in the comments. We have a producer that has a nice little thing going there that we're supposed to intro this. Not just a hump day. Just a random hump day yeah, flying out of anywhere. just flying out of anywhere. I mean, you got to I mean, get warmed up. A little mic, 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 mic. Well, of course. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he skipped it Super Bowl week. He didn't want to look like a fool on radio. No, right? actually, I didn't do that. I was more than ready to do it. Yeah, he, but again, I didn't have a producer that played the thing. So you do because I did. You didn't. I did. When? No, you didn't. I I did. Uh, actually, you didn't. Yes, <laughs> in the five o'clock hour, I did. What are you talking about? It's two thirty nine. No, He's during about the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Oh. He didn't want to look like a fool on All Radio right. Row. Well, that's true, but we're not on Radio Row anymore, so we can get back to normal, right? I don't. I don't know. I, I, sometimes pledge you defend yourself when you've got no defense to it. You know, take the L and move on. I right? don't. Re- I Would don't he recall. He still would have done it if he didn't hear it, because he didn't hear it. He didn't hear anything to the open. Dude, seriously. All you gotta do is push the damn button, and we're back off and running. I think this is for a meeting off the air. Don't we're, you? We're, well, that's yeah, good. I'm not now, sure that now this we're is, all gonna get called yeah, into a meeting. I'm, I'm not sure Thanks, this pledge. is the, the right place for a uh, production meeting. Never his fault. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just we got a show to he do. He did here. buy sandwiches today. He did. What day is it? Uh huh. <laughs> Barely. He's not going to push the button now. He's taking his <laughs> ball and going home. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Where were we? Um. Dak's going to get paid. We know that. I'd be shocked if Dak didn't get paid. I would be shocked if Jerry didn't offer. Now, if they can't come to an agreement, all right, that's fair. Because the last time Dak was due for a big contract, he got tagged twice. He can't get tagged this time. He won't get traded or He's got a no-trade clause, so he would have to approve a trade. But I do expect a deal to get done with Dak, and probably pretty quickly. I I think you bring up something there that's very uh, something you should think about. All of us. Dak has to agree. What if Jerry and Dak can't come to a a number that everybody likes? I mean, we're just assuming Dak's going to get his $60 million, but... I mean, there's always that possibility that Jerry wants to throw something in here that Dak doesn't like over there. I mean, it's a possibility that this won't get done for some other reason than the two sides not wanting it to get done. There is reasonable expectation that it gets done. And I'll say it that way because the number is going to be what it is. Uh And if it's the normal... Two or three percent higher than the last guy. So you look at Joe Burrows and you break out your calculator. And you go, okay, here's, and that's where the sixty million is coming from, right? No, I get the, I get the it, figure, so, but it, the length of the contract, well, perhaps, but or that that there could be some holdups there, maybe some outs. They can add in some voidable years to help. Sure, but I, I really do think, from a number standpoint, that's going to be easy to come to because as long as Dak isn't trying to go like seven or eight percent, and Jerry's trying to go minus three percent. Um, 
you, you know, it's it's you get no argument on the total price. I believe that that's what Dak will get. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of other things that could be involved here. It's not just well, well we'll just pay Dak sixty million dollars for the next five years. I don't know that that will happen. And if Jerry does that again, he's a fool. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, and he's not a fool because that's what it's going to take, right? And he knows that he has laid the groundwork. Sixty million for five years. Well, it's not going to be sixty million over five years. Yeah, you're looking at an average of sixty million per year for the next so five years. So three hundred million dollars is what well, Dak's going to make. Uh, yes, because you look at Joe Burrow right now is at two hundred seventy-five million. Right, but not all of that's guaranteed. And there's got to be some outs. Look, Jerry has to know that this contract he signed with Dak Prescott, no matter whose fault it is or how many times he was on the tag, was a horrible deal for the Dallas Cowboys. It was terrible because Dak hasn't paid off on it. Well, I mean, all deals are bad unless you win a Super Bowl. I mean, Joe Burrows, is it going to be bad if he can't get them to a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Josh Allen? He he has gotten them to a Super Bowl. But he hasn't won. No, but he got Uh, them there. It doesn't matter. He hasn't won. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right? I I mean, honestly, because that's what we do. We count rings. Right? Well, I, w- I would love um, you know, for Dak to get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. That'd be great. And if they got to the Super Bowl and lost, he can't win the big one. I, I mean, uh, the, the argument <laughs> that getting close to. is, is, in my mind, ridiculous. You know, Josh Allen, uh, you know, same, same, sure. same kind of boat. Uh-huh. Um, you look at Kirk Cousins and all the money that that dude has made. And his it, looks like a bargain compared to, but remember we uh, well, screamed well, about well, 75 million well, guaranteed. It, now that's like, pfft. well, because every year everything goes up at the time though. And we're like, Kirk Cousins is getting what? Because uh-huh. he was next. Dak is next. So I think he gets paid. And the other thing though, when you look at length, where Dak has all the leverage, the one area he doesn't is in the past when he was negotiating, he knew that he could force them to put the tag on him and he could bet on himself. Uh-huh. They can't do that this year. So that does take a little bit away from Dak's bargaining power because he knows that the offer is going to be the offer and there's no, you know, but they all know what the parameters are that they're working with. If both sides want to get a deal done, a deal is going to get done. And I do think the Cowboys need to get Dak done first because that will help with what do you do with Micah Parsons and what do you do with some of the others. Like Micah, he can wait, you know, because he is just now eligible. So they could push Micah off for another year, but it will cost them more next year than it will this year because they go up. C.D. Lamb is up. C.D. Lamb is due after Dak or whatever happens with Dak. C.D. on a on a timing schedule is ahead of Micah Parsons. So you got to figure out what you're going to do with C.D. Lamb this offseason. I was surprised yesterday when Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk was joining us here on the Blitz and said she would not pay C.D. Lamb. Jerry's talked a lot about that, that, you know, you've got to figure out how C.D. wants to be paid as the, as the highest paid receiver and Micah wants to be paid as the highest paid edge rusher. Micah, I would say, deserves it. I'm not sure C.D. Lamb, if I'm starting to name, I know he made all pro, he's on my all pro ballot, don't get all riled up, but you start naming the top top three receivers. I don't have him in the top three receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson was hurt all year. Let's be realistic. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's a better receiver than CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is really good. Does he deserve to be paid as the highest paid receiver in football? I, I don't think so, but it, you know, the market is what the market is, and 
you're worth whatever somebody will pay you. So if that's what he wants and, you know, he's going to hold out to get it or whatever he's going to do to get it um, or to threaten to leave or to wait and be franchise tag or, you know, play it like um, uh, Dak Prescott did and bet on himself, you know, that remains to be seen. But there's only so much money to go around. At some point you're cutting corners in other positions to pay those guys. Me personally, I'm not sure I pay a receiver. I, I just think you can find, again, Cedar Lamb's really good. I had him on my all-pro ballot. I just think at some point you have to make some really hard decisions, and I think receiver and running back to me are positions that you can go find guys in the draft who are really good. Um, and so that's, I don't know that I'm going to spend a big portion of my salary cap on the receiver position. That's just me. I hear that. And I was taken aback because I, you know, CD is going to get paid. Although it does make you think a little bit, you know, the NFL quit playing, paying running backs. Uh It's a, it's a, it's a passing league. You got to have wide receivers. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. And he's the, he's the exception to the Uh rule, right? I mean, Tom Brady was able to do it, uh, and, and, you know, so we've got two over the last 25 years that have won without top-flight receivers, Um, although both had really good tight ends. Um, But but I look at at, um, the idea of not paying CD and and thinking about it a little bit more. All right, so around 30, I mean, Tyreek Hill's making 30. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamar is up. Jefferson is up. If you're CD, don't you wait for those guys to get paid so you can be next and top them? Because that's what every agent does. Or wouldn't it be okay if they put you on a franchise tag, which I'm reading is about $25 million? He could do the same thing Dak Prescott did. Let him franchise CD if that's what they want to do. And he makes his $25 million, and then you wait and see what those other guys do. I just, it, it, I love the fact that Shereen Williams is, is talking in the real world where you just can't pay everybody because they're next and, and still have money to field a good football team. It just doesn't happen that way. And that's why, again, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Cowboys window closed. It's done. They're going to pay Dak, Micah, C.D., uh, who else do they got on the on the list to pay if they bring back Tyron? I think that window is is if it's not completely shut, it certainly is closed a lot. Is well, uh, as long as you've got a quarterback and they do, no matter what you think of them, um, they've got to figure out running back. Uh huh. Tony Pollard, are they going to pay him? Or are they going to bring somebody else in? And you hear, well, what about Saquon? What about the you know Derrick Henry? I like the big uh-huh. name for you. Draft a running back. Which you're not going to, yeah, I mean, they're not going to come here for free. No, so. no. And, and do you think about all those guys making about 10 last year on the tag? Jacobs, all, all of them. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do at running back. The Michael Gallup contract looks awful. Mm-hmm. Can they get out of it? And the only thing that concerns me, if you don't sign CD, I know they can tag him. But the cap implication of the tag is, is is so tough when you when you start looking at at the salary cap and what's counting this year versus if you sign them you could spread it out over years. So financially, is that even a viable option when Stephen Jones is looking what he has on on the grease board, or do you just all right, CD, we're not going to pay you, 
um, have a good year and test the free agent market. But then what did the Cowboys do at receiver? You bring back a Brandon Cooks, but who's your receiver number one? And then you go back to the things that CD's mom said on Facebook, even though CD says, I don't know where mom got all that. But you wonder how happy is that guy in Dallas? Does he really want to be with the Cowboys? He despite, may not. despite what he said on the Micah Parsons uh, podcast out there in Las Vegas. But you do, you, you wonder, is, is he an easy guy not to pay because, you know, he's not overly happy? Well, and why isn't he happy? And, that, and that's got to be a question, too. You want to talk to him about that. Why are you not happy? Are you not happy with your quarterback? Well, he says he is. Well, he says he is. But Mama said he's not. Well, exactly. So did he tell Mama something when he they were having porridge? He doesn't tell when Mama they were anything. Having porridge and, you know, and, and, <laughs> porridge. And, and oatmeal. I mean, look, I, at some point in time, you know, it's too bad that these guys, there's not Shohei Otani contracts in the NFL where you could pay the guy $2 million and just, you know, pay him all at the very end. That'd be nice. And he did the Dodgers a solid there. Obviously, the guy's making a lot of money, but that's a conversation for another another time. But look, I mean, there's a lot of hoops. The Cowboys need linebackers. They need a lot of stuff, and they got a ton of free agents. And so, they, and I know the salary cap's going up, but there is still going to be some hurdles to jump over. And just you know, hey, sign Dak, sign CD, sign Micah. No problem. Here we go. It's Super Bowl or bust again. And every team essentially is going through the same thing. You go through every, any NFL city, especially if you've got a quarterback that's already gotten a big contract. That's why it's so important for these young quarterbacks to win while they're on their rookie deals. You look at, at the running back position. Um, Mike Tannenbaum was a general manager in the NFL. He he, he plays that on ESPN uh-huh. now. Mm-hmm. He thinks the Cowboys need to go spend the money to get Saquon. <laughs> of course he does. I think the Dallas Cowboys, let's assume that Dak Prescott works out a new deal and lowers that cap number, which is roughly $60 million. Tony Pollard was mildly disappointing being that full-time running back replacing Zeke Elliott. And if you're a team and saying we could use Saquon Barkley to improve us and simultaneously hurt a division opponent like the Giants, I think he'd be an ideal fit in that offense because he's so dynamic in space, so good out of the backfield. And wow, with C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and Saquon, I think that gives Dak Prescott and this high-flying offense even one more weapon. So, But as soon as free agency begins, they have to understand that there's a likely chance that he's not coming back, including going to a division rival. You know, I, if, if, I'm, if you're the New York Giants, I would overpay for Saquon Barkley rather than let him walk down to Dallas and wear a star in his helmet. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, unless Saquon just says, I'll take a lot less to play in Dallas. I mean, and that is a possibility, I suppose. But I, I just, I love how we do, and it's great. The offseason is so cool. It, it really is. That'd be great for the Cowboys to have Saquon Barkley. It would be. But, but they need more than that. They need more than Ferguson, C.D. Lamb, and Saquon Barkley. Well, you got Brandon Cooks, and you still yeah, have... Yeah, but Tannenbaum didn't mention you, those you know, guys. Uh, uh, Michael Gallup is still there, and, and Jalen Tolbert. Oh, yeah. You know, he, I, I mean, you know, you got Turpin. I, I, I mean, I, I look at that, and I think, all right, I, to me, kind of a pipe dream to think that Barkley comes to Dallas. And then you look at... At Derrick Henry, betting odds right now have Derrick Henry going to Baltimore, and that 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 seems kind of scary. Adding a guy like Derrick Henry to the Baltimore offense, yep, yep. And and the Cowboys are high on the betting list too. Even Emmitt Smith told us, "Is Derrick Henry really the answer?" Yeah, at, at his price tag. 
I think Derrick Henry the best fits in Houston. Could you imagine taking a guy like Derrick Henry with C.J. Stroud and the receivers that they have and that Houston offense? I think that is the best fit for Derrick Henry. And that would be great, and that's a possibility. I think Houston's, what, fourth on the on the betting odds list uh, to go. There. So it, who knows where Derrick Henry's going to go? Um, and, and how much are you going to get out of Derrick Henry? That guy, let's face it, great running back, but he's taken a beating. Well, he has taken a beating in his career just because he's that kind of a running back. He is, although in a different offense, say Baltimore, Houston, Dallas, where you have a legit passing game with a legit quarterback, <laughs> you know, well, you, they not didn't named, have a passing game because you had Derrick Henry. Well, I, so I mean, he was the offense. So coming in where you know you're you, you do have a quarterback uh-huh. and Derrick Henry is a part of the puzzle, not the puzzle. Uh, I, I think you still can get a lot out of Derrick Henry. He might um, have, Emmett said they ought to keep Pollard. He did. He did say that instead of Derrick Henry, which I found interesting. It, it was very very interesting. Lots of decisions <laughs> to be made. Free agency, the combine next week, lots of things to discuss over the next several weeks as these teams start to build because, you know, we know Dallas's situation. Most teams are in a similar, who do you keep? Who do you not keep? What kind of trades are going to happen? What happens with Justin Fields and the domino effect there? Um, it's just the offseason is going to be incredible. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the NBA season? You know, we all question why Milwaukee fired their coach, but we're not the only one. The guy that has the job isn't sure why he has the job. We'll dive into that next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> What's it on? Was it hump day? Hump day. Here we go. Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> well, I'm out of practice. Yeah, you are. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Still got to push these buttons, don't I? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Home day. Home day. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. Wemby Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Rippin yeah. Yama! There we go, Kevin Harlan. <laughs> There's my guy, Oscar the Camel. Is that his name? I don't remember. Caleb. Caleb. Don't you like Oscar better, though? Eh, looks like, he looks like an Oscar. Uh, he, he probably won an Oscar for that acting, but he's a Caleb. He might have. Yes. Happy hump day, everybody. Guess what day it is. <laughs> hump day. Hump day. That was weak. That was <laughs> well, I weak. Know, well, what... You can't bitch about not getting and then bitch when you're getting too much of it. No, I can actually. <laughs> yeah. Hump yeah. Day. yeah, absolutely you can. Uh, it's the consistency more so that I worry about than how much it's happening. Are we still talking about sound effects? Absolutely, okay. yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Because most won't complain about too much. No. <laughs> Thought this turned into a TED Talk for a second. <laughs> I'm not sure. What a, what, 
explain that. Wait, wait, I, Let's do the headline yeah, blitz. What, I, I'm not sure. This is Jason and Joe's headline blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. Doc Rivers, I think, is having a whole lot of fun being back as a coach. I kid. You know, it's so funny. Last week, <coughs> they lost a game right before the break. Uh-huh. He's bitching about players not doing things the right way, and he said, some are here, some are in Cabo, right? And you're like, man, did he really just say that? He did. Right? I mean, yeah, and, and it's funny because you look at the Bucks. They fired a coach. They were they were playing well, and Doc Rivers takes over, and they're not playing well. Not at all. So it's one thing to take As over. predicted, the, by the way. Yeah, by one Same. Joe Ryan Eagles, yes. right? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what Doc did to you because I love Doc Rivers. But I love you, the guy. You he's, put Doc in the same boat as Sean Payton. He's uh, not a very good coach, obviously. I, no, he's really good except in game sevens. <laughs> well, I think he's four and seven since he got there. Uh, did they win? Yeah. All right, because they were three and seven. Yeah. So, and you've got some pretty good players on that team. Yeah. The last you, time I checked, you got yeah. a championship caliber team there. Uh, so then yesterday he goes on Sirius XM Radio and was like, "Yeah, when they called me, I was like, why the hell are you firing your coach?" Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, "I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this." You know, um, and they said, "You know, one of the things they said was." Well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now, and um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't. I, that was. That's where you had the hesitation. <laughs> he's just. I think he's confused. I mean, I really do. Now, look, they they probably offered him a boatload of money, and they did. you know, you you take the money. And I, I'm assuming it was more than he was making on TV. But he just doesn't seem like his heart is in it. I mean, if I'm a coach and I've been out and I got a chance to go coach Giannis and Dame Lillard, and who else do they have on that team? Middleton. Well, you, you. I look, mean, my gosh, I'd you, be jumping at it. Well, and you would think, all right, I just can't screw this thing up. <laughs> well, he's doing a pretty good job of doing that, and he is. I think that's the the surprising thing. Like if. If you were to make a bet, like, man, Doc Rivers, you take over this team, man, and all of a sudden the boat is taken on water, and you're now the captain. Um, it, it's bizarre. And then some of the comments that he's making, and I don't know, maybe part of that is, well, I haven't had him since training camp. I didn't put this thing together, so I'll make my changes at the end of the year, so I'm not worried about hurting somebody's feelings. And my guys that were already off into Cabo, uh, they won't be here. I, I don't know. It's just bizarre, some of the things that we're hearing from, from Doc Rivers. But I think he's right, and I think that's a fair reaction. He called, what are you doing? You know, as an outsider looking in, I'm on television now. Why are you doing this? Well, it doesn't matter. It's done. So it's not like, hey, we're thinking about firing him if you want this job. No, no, it's he's already been fired. Do you want the job? And I guess the money was right, and you got to take the job. But uh, it, it, in a way... Being hard on Doc Rivers, it's not fair to anybody to come in and try to install a system. He made the comments, not only that some of his guys were already in Cabo, but some of them didn't know what the hell to do. I mean, he said there were a couple of guys that looked like they didn't know what to, how to even run the play. Yeah, they, And they, so, you know, in, in some circumstances, I'll blame both sides, but if you're Doc Rivers and you're trying in, to install an entirely new 
a system, something that you want that's completely different than the Bucks have been running, then I think you're foolish to even try and do that. Yep. In other headlines, you know, we talk a lot of gambling on this show because uh, you got two guys here that uh, like that. Uh-huh. The NFL rules on gambling are archaic. And <laughs> NFL players want them changed. One of the things about the NFL gambling rules, especially now with what's on your phones and the NFL is able to big brother and watch what guys are doing on, on their phones. I get you can't gamble on football. You can't have the idea of the integrity of the game is being compromised on any level. I get that. Mm -hmm. NFL players should not be allowed to gamble on football. I agree with that. But what about basketball? What about March Madness? Well, what, what, what about baseball? If, if, if they're so inclined tennis golf, you know, we have all these apps and all these big companies that spend gazillions of dollars now with the national football league and teams themselves. And some NFL players now want the NFL to look at the rules and say, look, we're good with not betting on football, but why can't I bet on basketball? Why can't I go try to make money doing that? I think what they're afraid of, and in all seriousness, if I play professional football, but I'm friends with LeBron James, and I'm just throwing out a name, okay? and I say, hey, LeBron, I'm going to bet on the Lakers tonight, or I'm going to bet on uh, the Warriors because that's who you guys are playing, you know, don't don't play as hard, and I'll I'll slip you a few bucks. I honestly think that's what that's what the thinking is, and then vice versa. LeBron turns around to this guy and says, "Hey, I'm betting on the Raiders. You the you as the Chargers are playing them this week." And I think that's honestly what the NFL is concerned about. And if this was 1958, when guys had to have an offseason job, I could almost see that. But with the amount of money they make today, what is the difference between me being an NFL wide receiver? calling an NBA friend of mine versus me being a radio talk show host that knows somebody in the NBA doing the same damn thing. Well, I mean, you could do that. Right. Sure. I, I mean, you know, it, it's to, to me, if that's your reason for not, then. Unfortunately, you as a radio guy have nothing to offer that professional athlete, but another professional athlete may have something to offer the other professional. Oh, look, I don't know. I'm just telling you, I think that is what I see as the concern for Roger Goodell and the NFL. I, when it was illegal in most states, you know, nobody really argued it. But now that it's legal in many states, not including Texas, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I, the NFL has to look at the rules, just like they've looked at the rules about allowing sports gambling websites to advertise during NFL games and in NFL mm -hmm. stadiums. And hell, we just got back from Las Vegas that hosted the Super Bowl. A NFL franchise is in Las Vegas. Do they need to look at the rules and say, all right, guys, you can gamble if you want, just you can't gamble on NFL football. So would the NFL then have to set up some sort of a system that would hook to that They already phone? are. I'm just saying. That's how and guys so have been caught. You'd have to make sure... But it's not just that. It's not just that DraftKings or, or FanDuel. I mean, there are all kinds of things. And it's, it's typically those that they have a, uh, you know, something with that they're, they're monitoring that. You, you could be, look, if a professional football player wants to bet on basketball, I can do it right now. All they have to do is call his bookie. 
There well, are still out there, by yeah, the way. Well, well, that's it. Or I could, you know, I can say I can, you know, I'm the professional football player wanting to bet on the NFL. I mean, I might not make the bet myself on the phone, but I can call a friend and say, "Hey, uh, put me down for two grand on this game." Yeah, I, I, I mean, which is probably what happens now anyway. I'm but sure when it you does. look at the way these guys that have been caught at this point, it's because of geofences around facilities and and what they are doing. Uh, NFL players want the NFL to to look at the rules and and make adjustments. And quite frankly. I think it's probably about time. I mean, rules have changed. We've all evolved. The technology has evolved. The leagues have evolved. As long as you can do it in a way that still protects the integrity of the game. I think it's ridiculous that somebody that works in college athletics can't be a part of an NCAA tournament basketball uh, bracket challenge if, if money's involved. To me, that just seems ridiculous. Look, these pro- these these everybody's scared to death that the integrity of the game is going to be compromised by gambling. Roger Goodell is still scared to death of that. Uh the NBA still doesn't have a franchise in Las Vegas, uh which surprises the hell out of me. I'm sure that they will. I just think it still scares people and we're just not quite there yet when it comes to sports and professional franchises that they're just going to open it up and say, you know, go. And I think that's the issue. I think it will happen, but I, I just think the NFL and the other leagues, I, I, they're a little scared. And I get it because the integrity of the game is everything. Of course. And, you know, there's way too many people involved to think that it is there. We do have some breaking news, finally, out of the – Fight the other night between A&M Commerce and Incarnate Word. Eight players suspended from uh, the two teams. So that's the official word. And that's the Southland Conference, according to this ESPN story, that has done that. They've suspended the eight players uh, in the involvement. Let's see. It's four players from each team uh, were suspended for flagrant, unsportsmanlike actions. That's according to the conference. The suspensions begin immediately. Um, Elijah Davis was handed a three-game suspension from Incarnate Word. Alex Anderson, Gabe Benny, and Marcus Glover each suspended two games. That almost doesn't seem strict enough, does it? Uh, it doesn't. I, I'd like to see these. Um, now, Elijah Davis is a junior, so he's got another year of eligibility should he choose to to stay there. I, I'm just curious if any of these guys are seniors. Um no, Alex Anderson is a junior as well. So at least, at least we have the suspensions. Took a little too long in my mind, but when you look at it, the uh, eight players in total suspended four from each team. Um, from A and M Commerce, three of their guys got three games, while one received a one-game suspension. So uh, A&M Commerce took a little bit more on the chin than, say, Incarnate Word after the brawl, pun intended. That's what the Southland Conference has decided to do, so there you go. You know, it it would have been easy for Texas A&M Commerce, UIW, to say you're suspended until we hear from the Southland Conference. Wouldn't have taken long. But, I mean, at, at some point in time, I mean, does the conference have you by 
the yin? It might. I mean, honestly. I really thought that UIW, and for that matter, A&M Commerce, should have suspended those involved in, indefinitely until the league announced something. Absolutely. At least make it sound like we're not waiting for somebody else to do the punishment. Well, they, um, that's exactly what happened today. With five games left in uh, the the regular season, the fact that you see a brawl like that and the amount of punches that were thrown, that these guys actually get to play uh, in, in the last couple, three games. Well, and I mean, these guys... Unless were, it, Incarnate Word does impose further disciplinary action, which I guess could happen. That, that it could. would be nice to talk to somebody at Incarnate Word about this, <laughs> although they have declined every interview request we have submitted. Whether it's us or uh, local television or anything else, so uh, they, they don't want to talk. But then they may do that. I don't know. It, it's possible that they could do that. But uh, it came down. There you go. Eight players, four from each school. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. If you're a Spurs season ticket holder, have you noticed a rate hike? If you have, call us. Let us know about it. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Listen to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star on your Amazon or Google Smart Speaker. And just say, Alexa, play 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, Alexa, do that. Or watch us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. And if you're there watching now, hit the thumbs up button. We see you there. You can always listen online at sasportstar.com. Streaming brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. Or, of course, most of you on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. This is The Blitz. Um, On this Wemby Wednesday... Wemby's got a new billboard, a campaign, comes back from the All-Star break, an official spokesman for Louis Vuitton. Good for him. It ma- makes sense. That French connection is certainly there. And I've seen a number of people today on social media, is bitching the right word? Yes, it is. Uh, about the increase in Spurs season tickets for next year. <laughs> now, it's post-All-Star break, and this is the typical time for NBA teams to start their renewal process for current season ticket holders moving into next year. It's not just in San Antonio. I saw a tweet from 105.3, the fan in Dallas, say a lot of Mavericks fans are bitching up there about the unexpected rate increase coming out of the blue. It's because it's renewal time, and so they have set their prices for next year. In our building, we work with a guy who has season ticket. Yep. And he says his increase has gone up between 20 and 25%, and that there is a mandatory, or is it mandatory? Um, it's kind of a mandatory donation to Spurs Give. Yeah, he it, says. It's from, just included in there. Yeah, from my understanding, it was, but I can't speak how it's going for other members. So, But I've uh, seen that in other places. Yeah. So if you want these tickets, it's this, but you also have to do that. Do that, and it goes to the Spurs charity, which is Spurs Give, which is what they say. Now, Gilberto Padilla on our YouTube channel says he has a 20-game package, second row, upper deck, corner section, three tickets increased, $234 per seat. Uh, but he says he doesn't think that that's that bad, so well, he's okay with it. You know, when you look at it, and if you're a Spurs season ticket holder who feel like, holy cow, what has happened – uh, let's talk about it. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Doing a little investigating, the uh, half-season package was 20 games, 
Next year, it's 22. Yeah. So it is going to cost more next year, but you are getting two more games. So is your per game cost, how much did that increase? Your overall spend is going to be more because you've added in two more games. So you're not, if you're just doing math on what you spend this year and what you're spending next year, like on that half season package, that's not apples to apples because next year there are two more games involved. So if he's 234 a game, uh, so what do you say? You have three tickets. So, you know, six, $700 a game. Right. If he has parking and all that other stuff, you take that and then you, you times that two more times and that's on your total. That's going to feel like the increase is that much more, but you are getting two more games. Yeah, but what if you don't want two more games? Well, you don't have an option. The package is I, now I twenty-two. Know. Well, so then it goes up, and you either pay it or you don't get anything. True. So that it is an increase in that respect. It is an increase, but I think if if you're if you're trying to justify the spend, you are getting two more games. If you want two more games, look, I've I've talked to season ticket holders that half of them buy a twenty-game package, they go to. Seven games. Yeah, they're selling the rest of them. I mean, it it, it two all more depends. games you can sell, Joe. Well, I guess so. It, it just, but that's the increase right there. Yeah, you're getting two more games, but you're not getting them for free. You got to pay for them. Sure. So you figure what eight hundred bucks, give or take, on this the the guy that talked so about two more games is sixteen hundred sixteen hundred dollars. Right. Plus, if you got to pay the fifteen hundred dollar Spurs give thing, then go up. I, I what I find interesting with with Spurs season tickets, and I believe they were flat for about five years. Right? Uh-huh. When yeah. the Spurs sucked, everything else was going up. But what Spurs, do you mean when they sucked? <laughs> Have they not sucked still? All right, fair enough. Okay, over the last five years before Wemby's <laughs> arrival, and they sucked. While everything else went up, Spurs tickets did not. So I will give the organization credit for not increasing prices when the product wasn't worthy. This year, the product hasn't been worthy. And last year, as soon as the Spurs got the number one pick, man, they sold a whole bunch of brand new season tickets. And and so if this is your first year as a season ticket holder, you're pissed because this team sucks, even though you're getting to see Wemby. And now you're getting an increase for next year. If you've been a season ticket holder for 10 years, you know that they didn't go up for about five years. But at the same time, I don't know. Do you call it the Vic tax? Do you call it? Yeah. Uh, or is is it just typical NBA? Because I'm seeing it from Dallas as well. So I, I do think it's not that it, it's not necessarily league wide. It's just the time of the year in the NBA post All Star break that you start working on your renewals for next year. Yeah, everything's going up. I mean, everything's cost more. So why wouldn't they? You know, hey, you either buy them or you don't. You can afford them or you don't. And if, you know, that's what I don't understand. If people are complaining about it, then don't buy them. It don't. I mean, so if if you're complaining because your tickets are going up 20%, you got a choice. You don't have to pay anything. Well, I I mean, true, Dad, but. I'm just saying. I I, I mean, I'm I'm with you, but 20% is pretty big, right? I, I mean, you know, we're not talking about three or five percent. You know, we're, 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 we're a twenty to twenty-five percent increase. So what they did was the five years they didn't raise prices, they just yeah. rolled it all into it, one. It kind of feels that and, way. And stuck it, uh, stuck it to them this time. Although when I, with what I'm seeing out of Dallas, it seems very similar to what what they're doing up there. And again, they can change the packages a little bit, 
and oh, you're getting two more. Well, you know, all right, I, I you know, it's, I, I don't know. Look, I've always been in the. Let's keep. You know, it's like. Like, remember a Jack in the Box? You used to get three tacos for 99 cents. Right. And now you get two tacos for $1.29 after dark, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, they have figured out ways to increase price, but they're giving you less. In this case, Spurs are giving you more. But if you budgeted season ticket holders, and I know the answer is very simple. If you can't afford it, don't want to pay it, don't get them, right? But if you budgeted, and then all of a sudden you get a 20% increase, that's pretty massive. That that That's... That that might take it out of the budget, even if you still want to be a ticket holder. That's sure, and, and it may take it out of the budget. And unfortunately, for any professional sports, whether you know, name one, it's expensive to go to the games. Yep. I mean, you go to the games, you take a you know four people, a family of four. I mean, and you're probably spending a thousand dollars before it's all said and done. So I mean, um, that's just the way it is. What are you going to do? You're either going to go or you're not. And that's what happens. And here's the thing, and I hate to say it this way, but with Wemby here, if you give them up, you might not get them back. And you certainly aren't going to get them back at the price you're currently paying, even if you are not happy with the increase. It's, it, That's it, possible. It, it, sure. You know, and it, it might not be next year. It might be two years, three years when they're a championship caliber team again. And I would imagine renewals are cheaper than being a, a new ticket buyer. I think that's how it works. Like if you're renewing now, it's cheaper than if I decided this summer I want to buy season tickets for next year, my cost is going to be different than your cost. So yep. if, you, if you give them up and don't renew, starting over might cost you more down the road. Yeah, it may. Uh, you know, again, I know several people that gave up their tickets and don't give a damn, so... Yeah, it just depends on what you want and where your interests are. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, I I love sports, and I, I n- I've never had to get season tickets. Well, I mean, we work in the toy department. That's what I'm saying. So, I, you know, I don't know if I was just a regular Joe, you know, businessman, if I'd buy season tickets or not. I probably would, regardless of what the price is. But, you know, some people, that was budgeted, and if it goes up 20%, they might be out of their price range. And at some point, yeah, you can get priced out. Yeah. Because, again, you know, I mean, you know, all right, well, my budget is this. I was here mm-hmm. pretty close to the floor. Now for that same money, I've got to go where? And that might not be worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, now I would say if you're in the upper deck in the first row, two rows, you know, you might as well be lower level. I mean, yeah, I, you know what I mean? It's just uh, – or you can be up there and it feels that way. Um, if, you're, if you're touching the ceiling – yeah, I, I don't know. At that point, you're priced out of the building. You, I'm you, you, you got to get, you got to get the app. I know it's different, but just at the rodeo, that that upper deck was completely full last sure. night, and I'm sure those tickets were a hell of a lot more affordable than than the lower bowl. So it's whatever you can get. That's it's what it boils down to. On the topic of money, tipping <laughs> is a very sensitive subject for some because. Now it feels like everywhere you go, no matter what the service is, tipping is expected. Expected. That's a good word for it. Yes. I mean, and, 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 and where does it end? And of all people, Indomitian Sue, 
Gave us a history lesson. He did. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, what, what, this guy went on an incredible Twitter rant today because he came back from Europe where they don't tip. Why do we tip so much here? You talk about 20 25%. We're going to talk tipping. If you've got ideas on tipping, where you should, where you shouldn't, how you do it, uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation coming up here on the Blitz. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick. Tipping. We all do it, but I don't know when it kind of started. You know, kind of felt like a little bit after COVID. Uh, everywhere you go, uh, even if you're fast food service, um, you know, people that are standing at a register taking an order, you, you tip. Right. And you don't know if you're tipping that individual or if it's a tip pool that goes to, to everybody, which I know in a lot of cases that is, you know, everybody shares in the, the tip pool. But it's gone from just tipping at the restaurant and at the um, at the bar. Right. It's everywhere. It's everywhere now. You go to Starbucks or Subway or wherever and you go to pay. There comes up those three boxes. Uh, you know, 15, 20, 25%. So uh, it's everywhere and it's out there. And um, yeah, you wonder where that came from. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, and, and I get where, I, I, I mean. I mean, I understand it, but I mean, Indomitian Sue gave a hell of a, a history class on this whole thing. And it's fascinating. It, it really is. And, and Indomitian Sue, you remember him when he played in the NFL. <laughs> he, he, he's a really smart guy and he tweets a lot about financial stuff, real estate banking. Uh, he owns some restaurants, um, you know, and, and, but I do find this pretty fascinating because I don't know if it's better, you know, when they give you the option of 15, 20, 25 or 22, or do you just punch in the amount that you want? Like, like sometimes, when you you go somewhere and like it's eighteen dollars and the tip is six eight or ten like really uh, and so you always feel so damn cheap when you hit other and you know I, I, but that's you know I don't know what's better is it better for them to automatically throw the percentage in there or leave an amount for you to to fill in if you choose to tip in so many places now it does feel like while tipping is optional it really isn't and you're getting looks and you realize they're about to make your food so you don't want them to use their code word that that was a non-tipper right uh -huh. there. You know, get ready. Yeah. The, throw a little foreign substance in your coffee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't mind tipping, honestly. It, it, it just, it is kind of irritating. I'll, I'll be honest, that every place you go, that thing pops up. And um, in, in some places, it's like they, you didn't do anything but ring me up. I mean, that's it. Now you, you want to tip and... Um, if I'm going to a restaurant or, you know, a, a food place like that, I, I don't mind tipping it. It's well, and I think part of it is we also know that they're not wake making even minimum wage. Sure. You know, the, you know, if you're a server, it's, and I don't know what the number is, but it's not even minimum wage. So they know they're getting a little bit 
and and they make most of their income on tipping. Right. If you're standing at a register, I believe you're making minimum wage. Yes. Right? And, at and you least, go right. You you go from there. And I know uh, <coughs> some restaurants where tipping is there, and it it is shared amongst everybody in that restaurant. So, and it becomes a nice bonus, and it does lift those working there to more of a living wage. But at the same time, if tipping went away, would the cost of running a restaurant go through the roof if they were paying everybody minimum wage or above? And, and sure would. would we still be able to afford to go out and eat? So it's a system that does work here in America. But we're a country that has, has made that happen. I know that not everybody tips. My niece, when she was going to the University of Hawaii, she was a waitress at a place called Duke's, which is a fancy restaurant. But a lot of people from Europe and a lot of people, they don't tip. I'm like, dude, you're at Duke's. You must be killing it. You don't know how people just don't tip. Wow. Now, Americans do, but people from abroad do not. That makes a lot of sense then. And, and if you're working at a touristy spot where you have a bunch of those, yeah, that's bad. And I hope they adjusted her salary at some no, point. No. Well, that kind of sucks. Look, I don't mind tipping, but um, and I'm I'm one of those guys. Look, I'll be honest with you. Even if the service isn't so great, uh, you know, you tip. It's a twenty percent, and it's uh, I, most places you go, the service is great, and you don't mind tipping. I just don't like that box popping up every single place that I go. It just it drives me nuts, and it's like, well, I guess I got to push something, and it's, you know, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be you feel curious. forced. You're, yeah, you're, you're, exactly. Do, do, do you feel forced to tip now on something that five years ago, ten years ago, you you would never have tipped? Two one zero six five six ESPN six five six three seven at seven six. And we bring this up because Indomik and Sue uh, tweeted out uh, this morning. This year, I spent a lot more time abroad and got used to not tipping. Got back to the U.S. and had sticker shock every time I had to add 20% to my bill. So I did some research trying to answer the question, why are we one of the few places in the world with tipping? He said, we actually got tipping from Europe. According to Indomit Sue's research, not mine. There was a long <laughs> history there of rich folks leaving a little extra for lower class service people. In the 1800s, American tourism exploded in Europe. Many travelers thought this was a commendable thing and wanted to bring it back. Unfortunately, it was quickly turned into a way of business to hire the immigrants and new freed slaves that were entering the American labor market. They hired for basically nothing and asked customers to make up the difference. A lot of people didn't like this, and a few states even outlawed tipping for a while in the early 1900s. Didn't know that. Again, this research from Adama can sue. Uh, once owners got a taste of paying very little and passing on costs, um, you know, tipping tipping is back. 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act was passed, which set up minimum wage for many industries. It excluded a few industries, such as food service. Hmm. Is tipping a good thing? Is it realistic to think it's going away in the U.S. anytime soon? I don't think it is. I think it's ingrained in the culture. I mean, as far back as I can remember, you go to a restaurant, you're tipped. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's what you do, and so I, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And um, you know, you, you still got to throw that carrot out there, a little incentive for for good service, because you know you might get a good tip. I I just look at it and I think if I, especially in the restaurant business, I'm yeah. so accustomed to it that if they 
took every server and raised those wages to t- take tipping out, the cost of going out would go up. W- would go up tremendously, which is that good for American business? That that's the question. Um, I, I but everywhere we go, it seems like there is there is constant tipping. Interesting discussion. A lot of people want to talk about it. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. You could tweet at Joe Reinagle 210. Tweet at me, at Jason Menix. If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Hey, David, you're on the Blitz. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. Um, I've been doing food and beverage work for almost 50 years. And right now I'm working at a, at a, at a hotel, small hotel that does uh, breakfast service. I've already retired basically, but I'm earning a little bit more money doing that. But as far as tipping is concerned, as you said, you know, a lot of people have been doing it for years. I'm speaking of waiting on tables or they're, they're young and they're help. They're trying to pay college or rent or food or whatever they're doing. And there's no way anybody that's a server can, that are, that are that's making two, three dollars an hour can afford on a paycheck to live that way. Well, no, but if, if you did away with tipping, they would be making more than the two thirteen an hour that they currently if, get. If, right? if you, if you got rid of tipping, then nobody would be a server unless they paid you a living wage. And twelve, thirteen dollars is not a living wage. Living wage now is probably about seventeen dollars an hour. So then that means every item on your menu that where, where you go to where your favorite restaurant is gonna jump. Sure. Maybe yeah. like thirty thirty, forty percent. Now are you gonna continue to go to that restaurant and pay that amount? That, that that's the question there. And well and that, and that's it. And that's kinda of what we're what we're talking about. I mean we, we understand the issue and the reasons, but is it sustainable that everywhere you go it seems like there is a a tip involved gary you're on the blitz what's going on man and you know i'm gonna tell you the problem i have with the tipping is you go to a place soon as you get to the register you know it pops up do you want to give a uh, x number of percent of gratuity i haven't even checked to see if you put all my stuff in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if you did a good job on my smoothie then I take it home, and my wife jumps in my case. She said, half of my stuff's not even in here. And then I got to go back on the smoothies all runny and everything, and I just gave you a 20% gratuity because I don't want to be cheap. You know, exactly. I, I mean, that's that's another point. When you're doing it at the register, you're tipping actually before, and tipping is, yeah. I, I don't want to say a reward for great service, but in, in a way, I, I you know, it, it kind of is. Fred, you're on the blitz. What's up, man? <laughs> All right. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Enjoy your show. Look, I, I don't mind tipping at restaurants because my mom was a waitress at Terrence Mexican Restaurant many years ago. But I don't believe tipping in coffee shops, smoothie places, and all that because they're in the back of the counter. They're not bringing me my food. I'm waiting for them at the counter. I mean, I don't mind tipping at fancy restaurants or at a good bar, but no, no fast food drives. Nice. Donut shops and all that. All right. No way. You know, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, you think about, you know, fast food or, or quick service kind of places if you're at a register and you tip. Now, I, I will say knowing people that that have places like that or, or work in places like that, 
it does keep costs down because they know that they're making minimum wage plus they're getting tips. And so if you're take your tip is going to everybody in that restaurant, that does help keep costs down. It, it, it does. Well, not in a coffee shop or a donut place or something like that. It, it, restaurants, I think, are different, right? Because you, you get the two bucks or whatever it is per hour. I think if you're working at a Dunkin' Donuts, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but you're working at a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks, you're not making $2.13 an hour. No, but I, but I will say if you're working at, say, a barbecue joint and – Everybody there is making whatever their wage is, but they're sharing in a tip pool. Uh huh. Then they're all making more than minimum wage, and that is helping keep costs down. Whereas if you know somebody's like, "Man, I need to make seventeen, eighteen, or they were going to jump everybody's salary up eighteen bucks an hour," then your food costs go up. That is a way restaurants have kept costs down because they're using the tip pool to supplement the minimum wage salaries because the minimum wage is not a living wage. No, and so it's, it's not. It's a way where it's not being passed along to you in, in, in the cost of service, but your cost of going out is still increasing. Yeah. It's, look, again, a restaurant is a different beast, completely different than another place where you're just going and picking up a, a donut and, you know, they want a 20% tip. I, yeah. To me, that's, that's, that's tough. Hey, John, you're on the Blitz. What's going on, man? Hey, guys, thanks for having me in. Um, I'm a pizza delivery driver for, for a place here in town, and I just want to make sure that people understand that, you know, the delivery fee that is charged on onto your order is definitely not a tip for the driver. And just to remember that the driver is bringing, you know, we're using our cars and everything to bring you the convenience and um, just letting people know that the, Delivery fee is not, like, the drivers get hardly any of that. Well, now, wait a second, John. It sounds like to me that you've delivered pizza and people assume that that's a tip and so they don't tip you extra. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Wow. Now, they don't reimburse you, you for gas you or remember when you got to do that all on your own? It's So we, we get $0.39 cents per mile that we drive. Interesting. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. And, 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 that, and that's that good goes to know. towards wear and tear, wear and tear, gas, and everything. And then um, some some companies uh, they drop your uh, like you have an hourly wage when you're inside a store, and then when you're on a delivery, they drop your wage um, to just double what a waitress is making. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. It, it it is it is interesting when you look at it because I know you know you get a pizza delivered and. You know, if you're ordering online, you know, you, again, you, you tip a lot of times online, online before you've even placed your order and you just hope it shows up, uh, <laughs> within the time frame that, that it says, Hey, Renee, you're on the blitz. What's up, man? Yeah. Uh, so I have two points. One, if we eliminated tipping, uh, and paid actual living wages, the prices really wouldn't go up that much because every restaurant I've been to so far has marked out and written new prices or stickers that are there. Uh, so prices are already going up, and they continue to make us tip. And second, if you look up the guys who created South Park, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, they actually went out and bought a Mexican restaurant that they frequently visited, found out that it was going to close because of COVID. Uh, they now pay, I believe it's starting out at $20, and then it goes on up for servers, uh, busboys, uh, et cetera, bartenders. And... Uh, their whole staff then argued because they were like, well, now you don't need a tip. 
then the whole staff started arguing, no, 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 we still want the tips, but yet they're paying them a living wage. So, well, I, 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 I think I, in the, I think in the restaurant business, uh, I know, I know a lot of servers that make a lot of money. I know, I sure. know, I, I know servers that make, you know, near or over six figures a year. If, if you're working in the right spot and you work your butt off, you can make really good money. It's, it's gotta be a good place though. I mean, like, for example, a good steakhouse, a lot of times it's hard to get a job there because the people that have jobs there are making the money you're talking about and they won't leave. So I think it depends. But if you're working at gyms, you know, you're probably not making six figures. I'm just saying. I don't know that, but just simply because a a breakfast is going to be 10 bucks, 20% of that's $2. And when you also factor in, uh, you know, I know a lot of servers that would rather make their two thirteen plus tips because they're going to make sure. more than yeah. 15, 20 bucks an hour when it, when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. You know, like I don't think any of us have issues tipping at a restaurant. No, it, it's everywhere else that you go. And it's like, what am I tipping? For? It hits you everywhere, now, everywhere, too. everywhere, everywhere. And some places started like more than 40%. Really? Mm-hmm. Now see, I haven't seen that. Where are you going? I saw that at my haircut place. Forty <laughs> percent. They changed the thing, and yeah, wow. Well, I was like, and and it was like forty. Doing math in my head, probably about sixty or a hundred percent tip. I'm Holy like, cow! Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, wait, that's you, a lot you, on an eighteen dollar haircut. Yeah, exactly. I tip Twenty dollars on that eighteen dollar no. haircut. No. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Ain't happening. Other. Guess what day it is. <laughs> Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. That was weak. Come on, Ryan Eagle. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is a good Wemby Wednesday here on the Blitz 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. A lot of people still on hold wanting to talk tipping. Uh, one of the comments on YouTube really might have nailed it on, on the head. Technology has just made it so easy. None of us carry cash. And so you swipe the machine, boom, boom, there, there you go, right? And I, that probably does factor in quite a bit. Technology has made it so easy for anybody in any service to ask for a tip. Um, although I did see one, Steve Sosa comments on YouTube, the draft house adds a server fee, and then they tell you if you feel you want to tip, you can but it's not necessarily, which actually makes him want to tip more. Huh. Because they, they've already included the tip. Well, and that's the problem with the pizza delivery guy we had earlier, though. Some people may see that and think it's a tip, and well, no, it's I really think, not. I, well, I think at, at, at the draft house it is. 
which is different than a delivery fee, which is not a tip. Yeah, but I'd like to know that. It's kind of like when you go and you have a, a you know a, a big party oh. of say six or eight, and they've already added. They've the already 20. added yeah. the tip. But you don't know it, and then you add it some more. You know, they don't tell you, hey, we've already added the tip, and they just then they have that little space there for more, uh, you know, for well, more tip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this, but you can tip us on YouTube. We got one earlier today. I don't, know where, tip? I don't know where that goes. Um, How do you know we got a tip? Because it said right there. I don't, I don't know. It said there was a tip earlier. Really? Yeah. How about that? Um, although you're getting hammered, Joe Reinagle. I am. I am. But, uh, you know, we'll. There's even a poll out about you. I see that. Uh, apparently, people don't think you're saying hump day enough. In fact, Fred Villarreal says post-Super Bowl, Joe has lost the hump for hump day. Well, hump we'll, day? we'll have a uh, we'll have a meeting. Joey twenty one says it's my birthday and all I wanted was the hump day. Hump he wanted day? a hump from Rhinagle. Nice. A lot of people do. Not really. No, sure they do. No, not really. They do. Yeah, uh, they I mean, think about that for a minute as you say that. We have a uh, vastly male dominated audience. I'm guessing they don't. Sure they do. Men, women, Animals. Oh, yeah. Camels, huh? Doesn't matter. All right, Toe Reinagle. Doesn't matter. Are you going to regain matter. your enthusiasm for hump day? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next week? No, no, no. Today? No. Yeah, we'll. Now? <laughs> no. Ma- no? No. Fred thinks you're fishing for a tip for your uh, hump Perhaps. Day. Maybe I am, Would that Fred. make you a prostitute? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, isn't that what we all are around here? In a lot of ways, <laughs> man. Yes. We are. But we don't get paid for humps. No. Those are free. Absolutely. Absolutely. What? Just some of the comments. <laughs> you saw the one, huh? I see what he's talking about, yeah. Exactly. Give them what they want, Joe. Absolutely. Give them yeah. what they want. Yeah. A lot uh, of compliments on my bend. <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> My bend. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, reference, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding, right? Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh, Hector says, "Poor Maggie." Uh huh. <laughs> She's doing just fine, Hector. Thank you, though. <laughs> we got a good twelve inches here that so that we can play with. Exactly. Who don't want to play with twelve inches? <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> that size didn't matter. Well, it doesn't. It's a fighter. <laughs> Johnny Manziel had some very interesting things to say today doing a podcast with Shannon Sharp. He, he was on Club Shay Shay. Shannon's killing it with this podcast. Goes from Cat Williams to Johnny Manziel. Um, <laughs> wow. What a lineup. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I've got, I had a couple of different friends. I hate when your computer does this. I'm trying to, it wants me to re-log in to, to check my email. So we'll have to play some of the audio coming up because I can't see what it is right now. Um, cause it's going to make me do the two-step verification thing. Why does, why does Google do that to you? 
Like you're logged in. Why? Why all of a sudden do I have to to, to re-log in? Well, the the bigger question is why did it log out? Well, I don't know. I guess it's been a while since I've logged out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I, you know, I don't log out every day. I just close up and and, and go from there. Uh, Johnny talking a lot about really everything. I mean, it 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 seems like a wide scope of conversation from high school days to college days to to the NFL. And it it certainly seems like with with some of the stuff that he was talking about, especially when it comes to his time at Texas A&M, in a conversation that was over two hours long with, with Shannon Sharp, and I think a lot of people and what some of my friends were texting me about were the things that he had to say about Kevin Sumlin during his time in Aggieland. My relationship with Kevin Summer was great. You know, um, he was my dog. You know, he rode for me hard. He went to bat for me. He went to war for me in a multitude of different scenarios. You know, I think where our relationship fell out a little bit is, you know, how do you have a guy who's a grown man who, I look back on this now, reflective in this. You know, how do you have a guy who's a grown man, you know, telling me what I should do? Obviously, my coach, my guy I'm looking up to, my head football coach is telling me to live a certain way and put all this party and this behind you. But if you know anything about Kevin Summons, what he's doing behind the scenes. Oh, he's partying too? So from behind, from my eyes, oh, so you say, I'm it's hypocritical. Doing what you're doing, we're partying together. Well, we're a 40-40 club in New York. Oh, yeah. We in the back room playing pool with Ace of Spades. We're chilling. Right. Coach is there. This is what he does. So now looking back at it, it's hypocritical to me. And our relationship is great and will forever be great. And no, I do not sit here today as a judge of a man, a judge of a person who helped get me to the point of where I wanted to be in life. By no means whatsoever. I'm calling a spade a spade. Right. And I'm just going to be and, and give the God's honest truth as what I know it to be. Right. That ruffles some feathers, so be it. Right. It's the way the world goes. What what a hypocritical jackass! <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay, so so by his judgment, then if a high school football coach is forty years old and tells, or a college coach in this situation, and tells you because you need to perform on the field that you shouldn't be out partying all the time, but the fact that I go out, that's hypocritical. Stop it! You're telling me as as this young kid, don't tell me not to do that when I know you're doing it. What difference um, does it make? It, so you, do your kids not know that you go out and have a few drinks, but you tell them not to drink? Is that hypocritical? You know, it, it, it's interesting <coughs> when you look at from the eyes of a 19 year old, 20 year old. Yeah, I, I, I oh, you're 20 years old. You shouldn't be drinking, should you? Well, probably not. But you're you're in college, and you know what happens. But you know, like you're telling me not to drink yet. Yet you're you're drinking. It's you're, apples you're, and you're, oranges. You're telling me not to do it. It's apples and oranges. You know, but he said their relationship is still good. But he was like, "Why are you telling me not to party now?" If Kevin Sumlin's still going to do his work and do it at a high level, um, you know, live your life. You you got to live your life, but. Manziel also said Sumlin lost what made him at one time great. I think what made Coach Sumlin so great is no longer really with him right now where his focus is. You know, I think life has gotten 
um, the better of him a, a little bit. And I'm a prime example of, and I don't want to sit up here and be a preacher, you know. I don't <laughs> want to sit up here and tell anybody they're living wrong or anything like that because that's what it used to feel like me back in the day when they were people were doing that Johnny. to me. So um, I don't see the same spark. You know, I don't have much of a relationship anymore with him anymore. We'll reach out and talk like here and there, maybe once a year, mm -hmm. but not like I have the relationship with my other coaches. And, you know, my gut instinct and feel is, and I know this because of instances that happened when I left. Boy, this guy, I don't know what uh, Kevin Sumlin did to him, but boy, you talk about throwing him right under the bus. I, and I have a hard time even taking this serious because Johnny Manziel's nobody to preach to anybody about life passing them by. Well, and, and again. Or whatever the hell it was that he said. It, it It's not Johnny's fault. Just ask him. Wait till you hear yeah. what he said about Brian Hoyer as a mentor. We'll dive into that next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. Johnny Manziel, Herville Tybee legend. <laughs> and him Aggie legend. And NFL bust. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm so mixed on Johnny, to be honest. You know, in the 25, 26 years of broadcasting high school football, He's probably the best player that I've seen. And I've seen sure, some doubt. great players. Uh, by far, one of the most incredible plays I ever saw was a Johnny Manziel play. And I think about so many different players that, you know, I was fortunate enough to see play at the high school level and, and, and call their games. Um, and then when he went to A&M, he actually, his freshman year, of A and M, so he was he was red redshirted. Um, I was doing Steel and Tyvee on television uh, back then when Time Warner was a thing, and we used to do games for right, for, right. for Time Warner. He was at the game. It was at Steel. He was at the game, and so I texted him and said, "Hey, can you come up and do halftime?" And he was going to do a little bit with us for like three five minutes at, at halftime, and he ended up staying in doing the entire third quarter and most of the fourth. Now, towards the end, he was like, I got to be down with my guys, but this was fun. And I thought, dude, if football doesn't work out, you're going to be a great broadcaster. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean, he was just, you know, and, and the Johnny that I know or knew is so different than the Johnny that we see now. Now, I've, I've got a friend, so do you, who is still very close to Johnny. And he says, you know, he's kind of getting back to the Johnny that we knew from way back. Well, that's good. I hope so. And then I hear interviews like what he did today with Shannon Sharp uh -huh. on, on Club Shay Shay, and I, I wonder, because most of everything that's gone wrong or not right in, in Johnny's life is, is, quite frankly, Johnny's doings. But listening to some of the clips from this interview with Shannon Sharp that he did today, He's seeming to be blaming everybody else from uh, from Kevin Sumlin to, of all people, Brian Hoyer? Because of Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go really provide for his family, get an opportunity, and he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me, mm -hmm. and he didn't hold back when it came to that. 
So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again, <laughs> we're doing this again. Wow. Keep him out of it. Right? right. Let's just cut that off. And I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That is just fact of what happened in that room. So when that happened. So if we were to ask another quarterback that's in that room. Go ask Connor Shaw. Go ask Connor Shaw, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask him how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Go ask Dow Loggins. It's professional football, right? I mean, it's what he's talking about. So I would assume there's competition there. I would assume that, I don't know. I mean, if, if Hoyer did that, he probably shouldn't have. I'd give Johnny that. I, but at the same time, you all are competing for the same job. Yeah. And if you're the rookie coming in, not every quarterback is going to be like Alex Smith and say, well, you know, you got this Mahomes guy. He's pretty good. I know uh-huh. I better put my house for sale because I won't be here long. <laughs> right, you know, and if right. you're Brian Hoyer, who was well-traveled, you're trying to do everything you can to keep your job. Um, not everybody is a good mentor, right? That's how it is. Johnny was also, and he's talked about this in a variety of interviews, that Netflix special, depressed quite a bit while he was in Cleveland. And, and interesting that, you know, and he's Johnny, so he's got access to everybody, including, including the King of Cleveland, who's probably still that, even though he's with the Lakers now. But even LeBron couldn't uh, help him with his depression while he was with Cleveland. This is how bad off I was whenever I was in Cleveland. You know, LeBron would text me every week to come over to the house and watch a game or play poker with the boys and just tried to be there. And I was so depressed for the first time in my life that even my biggest role model and inspiration in my life couldn't get me out of bed to come and hang out with them. You know, when I went to the Cavs games, I went, I was in, I was out. I didn't really grasp and latch on um, to him in a way that I should have. And he tries to take me under his wing, right? And I'm just kind of nudging it away because of where my mental is and being just fully depressed in where I was in my life. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, the respect that I should have for them, giving me everything, should trump all else. You know, it's interesting, and and, and um, I feel bad for Johnny Manziel because, you know, the expectations for that guy when, when he went to Cleveland were off the chart, but the problem, as he put it in his own special, he kept doing the same things at Cleveland that he did at Texas A&M where he could make it and play good football in college. When you get to the pros, you can't do that. And he admitted that. And is that what made him depressed? Or was he depressed to begin with? Zero film study. And Johnny was one of those guys in high school. He was the best at what he did. Without you know, a doubt. He, he was playing golf. He's a hell of a golfer. Best I've ever seen playing does, on the football field. Do, does an interview. Sounds like Peyton Manning while yeah. you're in high school. You you know, basketball, everything else that he, he was able to do, right? All, all of it, I, I mean, and so now... You get to the NFL and and you've got to work. Where in college, you know, there were people helping hide the fact that you weren't working. NFL's a job, and he didn't treat it as such because nope. he was used to getting everything that he wanted. Now, mm-hmm. some of the things that we all thought, little rich kid from Kerrville, maybe that wasn't all true according sure. to the Netflix uh-huh. series. And and also because he said, you know, once he got drafted, he had achieved his dream. So he thought, well, maybe I don't have to work. I, I believe that life goes exactly the way that it's supposed to go. So if he was around, it's a big if. 
right? And that's, it's a hypothetical type of situation. Hard for me to answer, but I know now, um, all of the bad parts of me make me exactly who I am, right? All the failure that I've had in life, failure, what I really fail on. I lived my dream by the time I was 22 years old. That dream that I had when I'm sitting in that classroom in Kerrville, Texas, I accomplished at 22. Mm -hmm. Now, my dreams never were to go be in the position that you were in with a Hall of Fame jacket and to be the best NFL player ever. I very much felt like when I got drafted and, I, and that I got a chance to start in an NFL game, like my dreams were completely accomplished almost. Wow. And that's just the way I truly feel, you know? So my life, the good, the bad, and everything in between, it went exactly the way that it was supposed to go to be sitting here with you today. And I learned more through the failures than I ever did through the rise, ever. Now, see, look, those last two bites we ran, sound bites, I love that Johnny Manziel. Mm -hmm. I love the humility there. It's the ones about, and, and I don't even mind the, uh, the, the Hoyer comment, but the Kevin Sumlin stuff. Just It just baffles me. So he goes from one extreme to the other. Look, we've all had failures. We've all had our issues, our mountains to climb. I mean, everybody. There's nobody listening to this program or, or watching or, or that's out there can say that they haven't. It's how you handle it. And I hope that Johnny, I hope Nate's right. I hope that Johnny has come back and he's getting back to the guy that, uh, that, that, that he was in high school and in college, quite frankly. You know, Johnny watching the Netflix doc documentary, listening to some of these sound bites reminds me a lot of Ryan Leaf. Yeah. And if Johnny Manziel can follow the path, a similar path to what Ryan Leaf has done, he's going to be just fine. Absolutely. Ryan Leaf, once he owned all his mistakes and shed any exterior and try defense of what he wasn't as an NFL quarterback and embraced his addiction issues and, you know, just became a real person and can talk about it. Uh huh. Look at me, you know, um, and, and I look at everything that Ryan is doing now. And I think about when I first really got to know Ryan Leaf with the Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco, when, of all people, Johnny Menzel was starting to have some issues. And we saw, I was with Dat when he was co-hosting at the time, and Dat and, and Ryan knew each other from the Cowboys. He he was there doing an NFL PA thing, Ryan Leaf was, and it was like, hey, can we get you on to talk about Johnny? And he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I've gotten to know Ryan through the years at, at a different level. If Johnny can follow a similar path to that, he's going to be ultra-successful in life. And he's going to help a lot of people in the in the uh, interim because that's what Ryan Leaf is doing. Absolutely. And you know, and I think part of it I, I think it's true with what that that last soundbite there. He set a goal and he achieved it. Yeah. Now what do you have? Where a lot of people, you know, my goal is to get to the Hall of Fame. My goal is to get to whatever the case is. Johnny at 22 felt like he had achieved everything. That was it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Set your goals a little bit higher. Yeah. But also for Johnny getting to the NFL is probably not a surprise going back to, you know, the kid that we used to cover in high school at Tyvee because 
you knew he was destined for for greatness because he was just that kind of an athlete. I've, it nev- was I've the, never seen the, anybody like the him. personal side of Johnny that n- most of us didn't know. I just, look, I, I just think it's a different ballgame. We talk about it all the time on this show. That jump from college to the pros is enormous in all kinds of ways, not just athletic ability. Johnny had that. That wasn't the issue. But you have to be all in, and and that's just the modern-day NFL. And if you're not all in, they're going to eat you up and spit you out. Yeah, Johnny was uh, seemingly, once he got drafted into the NFL, and he kind of said, I achieved my goal. Yeah, It was more about being famous in the life of the party yeah, than it exactly. was being a star quarterback or a successful Very true. quarterback. Very true. Because if he would have put in the work, who knows what kind of money oh, that guy would be making right now in the NFL, assuming he stays healthy. And what kind of stats he'd be putting up. I mean, uh-huh. he was an incredible football player. The athletic ability and the smarts, very similar to a Mahomes type of player to be able to improvise the way that Patrick Mahomes does and the things that Mahomes can do, Johnny was able to do, certainly in high school and college. Yeah, and because you think about the, the, the quarterback market, and, and Dak's going to reset that market. Yep. And... Yeah, jeez, jeez, jeez. Think about all the quarterbacks that are getting paid, but we're going to focus on Dak. Here we go, Cowboys fans. Here we go. There there was some breaking news yesterday that really wasn't breaking news (laughs) about Dak getting $60 a year. If you've been under a rock, this is going to be new to you. Uh, Coming up on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Tony Pollard. To the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Thank you, Tony Pollard. How about that end around? Current Cowboys <laughs> running back. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnix. The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Johnny Manziel um, does a podcast. They had some really interesting things to say. And then Reinagle. You, you brought up Patrick Mahomes, and everybody's oh, losing their mind like you compared him to Patrick. Uh, I didn't, but uh, let's hear Nick, Nick, and then I'll Nick explain myself. You did. Yeah, Nick, did. you're on the blitz. What's Nick. up, man? Let me have it, Nick. Brian Nagel, I love, I love you. I've loved you on Channel 5 forever, man. You're Provo San Antonio. I respect the heck. But you can't say that. You can't say he would have been Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no I could have been Beyonce, except I can't sing. Like, what? <laughs> Wow. Hey, you, why you, is Zach yeah. Collins no hold on, why is Zach Collins not Tim Duncan? Like that's what you're saying. Like, no, no, no. What no let, let me clarify. You hang on, Nick. Okay. Don't don't hang up. What I said was that Johnny Manziel had the same qualities as a Patrick Mahomes. The guy could improvise. He could think on his feet. He did it in college. You watch him play at College Station? Did you watch him at all at, at Kerrville? He did the same oh, types of things that Patrick Mahomes does now. I'm not saying he's anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the league today. Yeah, well, I think Patrick Mahomes can throw it 60 yards. Like from his, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is an anomaly in a way Johnny Menzel wasn't. Johnny Menzel may have been that in college, but he wasn't that. I mean, Nick, he didn't have that NFL ability. Nick, I, Nick, I want to say that. Well, no he didn't, he, he didn't no have the, I don't know. I, I would argue that he had NFL ability. He didn't have NFL work ethic, and that killed his career. But I think the uh, thinking on your feet and making uh, the something out of nothing, the uh, improvisational part of his game is similar to what Patrick does, is what Joe said. He wasn't saying he could have been 
like Patrick Mahomes or even compared the two. But I appreciate you listening so intently. Thank you, Nick, and I appreciate the compliments, my friend. You can disagree with me anytime. Appreciate it, man. You guys have a good one. Take appreciate care, brother. It. You know, now, uh, my, he and Mike Evans had a remarkable, oh, incredible, remarkable chemistry at at Texas A and M. Um, it, it was incredible to watch. You think about Patrick Mahomes, Texas high school quarterback. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, you think about all the great quarterbacks in Texas. One of the things that I found most interesting. And the Johnny Manziel stuff, just because, you know, I eat up high school football sure, stuff, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Johnny Manziel's Texas high school quarterback, Mount Rushmore. Uh, Kyler Murray is is for sure. Um, Andrew Luck was really, really, really good. Okay. Um, who else, man? Who else? I mean, RG3 is up there for sure. You yeah. can't leave RG3 off that list. You got Pat Mahomes, Brees, Oh, man, tough. tough. D.Y., you got Vince Young. Tough. Oh, you can't, you can't Baker, label Jaylen. it to four. You can't label it to four. <laughs> I played against Baker, so uh, I didn't get to see him start at quarterback, but we played Lake Travis, his high school. I mean, this is an impossible list. It probably takes five. The best I got to, like, be around, Andrew Luck was a little bit before me. Mm-hmm. So... From what I saw and I remember, Kyler, top notch. You know, I didn't get the breeze days. Stafford, for the legacy he left at Highland Park and what you would hear about, man, nobody had an arm in the state of Texas like him ever. So Kyler, Stafford, for sure. I think you have to throw RG3 in there for winning a Heisman. I think you have to throw Baker in there for winning the Heisman. So you got, what, three Heisman Trophy winners yep. and Stafford? Yep. Pretty good. And your gold is Kyler. And to me. To me, and he's younger than me. For for high school football, uh, hard to argue, Kyler, because it was a forty three and zero as a starter yes. up there, and a yes. bunch of state champions. I don't know if you're putting Stafford on the list there, Johnny Manziel. How do you not put Drew Brees on there? Who, That's tough. Who is considered by most publications? Every time I see a list like that, Drew Brees always seems to be number one on that list with That's what an he impossible did. List at Austin Westlake in high well, school. It's it's tough. I, I mean, it's hard enough in the NFL. I, and look, you think about Texas high school quarterbacks and and, and the legends. I mean, you know, I don't know, Sammy Baugh, uh, <laughs> Bobby Lane. Let, let's go I back, mean. Y.A. Tittle. I um, mean, my gosh, you know. Um, and to Nick's point, Davy sure, O'Brien, the Davy O'Brien Award. I mean, um, to Nick's point, I just want to say that I made the same mistake he did. Because as soon as I heard that soundbite, and he said Kyler Murray, and I'm going, Kyler Murray? He's terrible in the NFL. And you said, no, this is high school. And high said, school. Oh, okay. okay well, okay, and, okay. and you know what What uh, Andrew Luck was able to do? I mean, Vince Young. Oh, yeah. yeah. Baker Mayfield in high school. Yes. Was, was, hell, Nick Foles in high school. <laughs> um, That's what I mean. A Mount Rushmore, just to pick four out of that group, is, is very difficult to do. You know. Although I will say Kyler Murray might be at the top of that list of all of those great quarterbacks, high school-wise. High, high school-wise, it's hard to argue what yeah, Kyler did. it really is. I mean, when you look at records and state championships, I mean, because yes. he was, what, 43-0? and 0? Yeah, he was. Or 42, 43-0? Somebody look lose. up Allen's uh, deal and tweet it. But if if I remember right, didn't Drew Brees like 28-0-1 at, at Austin Westlake at, at the time? Um, the yards that Mahomes put up, 
Johnny Manziel in high school. You oh could my make gosh. that you could make that argument if he's going with with um those that won forty two and 0. Forty two and 0. And what was he part of a forty three game win streak? Is that what it was? He missed one start according to this. Okay. But yes, he was part of a forty three game uh, win streak, but he missed one game. So he won forty two as the starting quarterback. When you think about some of the, the, the great quarterbacks from Texas, and at the high school level, look look at what Cliff Kingsbury did yeah. up there in, in New Braunfels. New Braunfels, yeah. You know. That's I mean, true. Think about, you know, it's going back, but, you know, I mean, Tommy Kramer out of That's San Antonio. Right. Lee had a hell of an NFL career and a hell of a hell of a run. Cody Carlson at, at Churchill High My School. My man, yeah. Cody Carlson. <laughs> I want to throw David Chancellor in there. Oh, chance at Lee High School? Come Incredible on. homecoming king at one point. <laughs> Maybe the best. The goat of homecoming kings. <laughs> Quarterbacks from Quarterback. Lee High School. Yes. 1990. And, well, although, I, I mean, you, you look at it. Um, Ryan Mallett makes the list, according wow. to one of the callers okay. that didn't want to come on the air. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's almost impossible to pick a Mount Rushmore of high school quarterbacks in the state of Texas. It's that's a tough, tough, tough thing to do. I, I but when you look at I mean, if you just look at state championships and in yards, I mean Kyler would have to be on there. I think about what RG three did at Copper's Cove, and yeah. yes, I'm biased, but I mean, that guy was incredible and quite honestly, Johnny. Um, if, 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 you know, and I appreciate Johnny not including himself in that list, but what that kid did at the, at the high school level, um, at a place like Tyvee is is pretty damn incredible and worthy of being at least in that conversation. I appreciate Johnny not including himself in all these lists and every other Heisman trophy winner, but not, but not him. Did you, do you remember the first time you saw that kid play? I do, and and my mouth was open. It was just like this guy can do things that I've never seen a high school kid do. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and, uh, Andy Dalton, Katie High School. Andy Dalton. Andy How Dalton. About that. I remember when Andy Dalton played Smithson Valley in the playoffs, <laughs> and I didn't get to do that game because my wife was graduating from college from incarnate word and i missed that game wow and I, was, I, I was um it was an easy decision to make to skip that game but to think that you know smith and like valley it, katie it seems like you're pretty bitter about I'm not it. not bitter at all <laughs> um but i never saw andy play in in high school because uh the one time i had the opportunity but who knew you know you're watching these yeah. guys play high school football and you've seen a lot obviously i've seen a lot you, you don't know you don't think about what they're going to be at the next level, um, I do remember when Johnny went to Texas A and M, and and uh, but you st- you didn't know would that style of play translate to the college game, and it certainly did. Where I have become jaded's not the right word because I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm man, this guy's good. he's going to be so yeah. good, man. This guy's going to be in the NFL, and then you see him in college and you go, what? Right? Yeah. And having done it high school football for for as long as I haven't seen so much, but doing the All-American Bowl every year. And that game, everybody there is the best in their district, the best right, in their sure. city, one of the best in their state. And then you yeah. realize even guys that come to that game 
that you think, man, they are pegged to be the next, and they're not. Yep. Right? Um, just because the talent is just so much greater. So you could tell the guys that are dominant, yeah, that guy is going to be a player, but are they going to turn into a great player? And and you're you're just never really sure. Um, and a lot of times they have the ability, they have the athletic ability, but it's similar to Johnny Manziel when he goes to the NFL. It's, you know, is that will there to put in the work to be the best? Because a lot of times just athletic ability is just not enough. Yeah. Um, Quinn Ewers. Yep. Um, dude, I don't even know that we could put together a legit list on our own of the best 6A, 5A. Oh and gosh. even if we did them by decade, we could probably still have a lot of debate. A, a, a ton of debate. Yes. And it's got to be more than just winning state championships. Um, and And if you just base them on their high school career and not what they turned into in college or turned into in the NFL. Because there's been some really talented quarterbacks that we've seen in San Antonio and in South Texas, right? I mean, and they put up incredible numbers. Look at a guy, you know, and he wouldn't make a Mount Rushmore for the entire state of Texas. But I look at a kid like Frank Harris and what he did at Clemens High School. Yeah, absolutely. That guy at Clemens High School did some pretty incredible things, uh, did some incredible things at UTSA as well, but probably won't <coughs> make a statewide conversation because not enough people saw him because he didn't win a bunch of state championships, and he didn't go to a college and win a, win a Heisman. In San Antonio, everybody knows Frank, but yeah. if you go and you think about just those that follow high school, where would he rank on a statewide list, like if Dave Campbell's was to put something together, you know, you, know, you look at a Bailey Zappi from Victoria. Uh-huh. I heard the name, I didn't know anything about him, and then he goes off to Western Kentucky, and hell, now he's in the NFL. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't really. I, I mean, I heard the name, but I don't know. no, you don't. You don't know, and that and that's the beauty of it. But to look back and see these guys that are there. Uh, and 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 you watched them play high school football. It is kind of special. But I'd have to go back school by school because I, you know, just off the top of my head, I know I'm forgetting a bunch that played that were good high school football players and uh, were leaders on their team. But I mean, that's a, that's a good uh, weekend project. It really is, and, and I would be interested in doing something like that just to to make a list of all the great players that we were certainly I was able to see and then you saw many of the of the same well, I mean you know it's, I mean you go back you know just San Antonio right yeah you, you go running backs Gerard Douglas oh, is yeah. going to be right there absolutely uh, Wilkerson is going to be on that list um you know I remember seeing Jamal Charles Malcolm when he was Brown at Port Arthur Memorial Malcolm Brown is great I mean you know Priest Holmes, for goodness sake. Priest Holmes, although played yeah. before my time of yeah. uh, of covering high school football. But, yeah, I mean, you know, just start looking at the well, San Antonio it was Sports Hall of Fame. So. Priest was? <laughs> no. Sure. Priest, when did he play? In the 80s? When did uh, Indy? They played together, right? Uh, I was going to say, say like, Priest. I, I think was... we're all about the same age. I don't think, I mean, early 90s? Let's see. Uh, Priest is 50 years old, according yeah. to this. Yeah, so he's, he's my age. Right. Yeah, you weren't covering. I guess I wasn't covering that. Not quite yet. Let's see here. When did he go to high school? 
in the 90s. <laughs> High he school probably career. graduated in 90 or 91. Because um, I'm class of 91. As so, a senior in 91 same, okay. at John Marshall High School. There you go. Yeah. Now, he and N.D. played together, correct? Or is N.D. younger than Priest? I think they're about the same. Okay. Marshall Rams. Yeah. Marshall Rams. You know, they got the Cash Brothers. Yeah, one yeah. went to Texas, the other went to Rice. Yep. One became a star in the NFL and made a whole <laughs> lot of people some money playing fantasy football. Yeah, but one had a hell of a career in the NFL. It's just not the bright lights that the other one had. ND was a pretty good, pretty good NFL player. ND was uh, incredible. Oh, now we're getting people chime in. Ty Detmer. Oh, uh, there's yeah. another. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, don't leave Coy off the list. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a good discussion. It really is fun. Not bad. Hey, I just got a uh, press release from the Spurs very quickly. Their game against the Timberwolves, originally scheduled for six thirty on Bally's, is now going to tip at seven o'clock on Bally's. In case you were wondering, so that, that would be on February the twenty seventh at the Target Center. Uh huh. So later this week. Well, what is today? The twentieth, twenty first, twenty first. Okay, so it'll be next Tuesday. Well, for all of you that were making a trip out to Minnesota for that game, just make sure you get to the arena. Leave the mall 30 minutes early so you can get there. Well, you, you can actually get there a little later because it's 30 minutes later instead of their central time, yes? So they're going to tip at 7 instead of 6.30. Mm-hmm. Pre-game show on Bally starts at 6.30. Glad we could clear that up. Yes, that thirty minutes is a, a well. I mean, you know, if you're sitting down, want to watch that that great game against the Minnesota Timberwolves and your San Antonio Spurs. Last time we played those boys, that's right. Yeah, they you, want revenge. You got your popcorn ready and everything's hot and ready to go, and you're going, "Damn, we're still in the pregame show." Mm-hmm. That well, sucks. We know Dak Prescott is going to get paid. Yesterday we were talking with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Of all the guys on the list that you know the Cowboys have to pay, she says there's one she would not pay. It will surprise you. We're talking about it next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hope day! Here Hope we go. Day. Out of breath after three. <laughs> That's it. It was a late night last night, Minix, you know? A late night last night? Yeah, I was at the rodeo till all hours of the night. What time did you get home? 11? 11.30. About 11.30, I guess. About 11.30. Something, something like that. That is a late night for you. Late night, you know? On a, on a weekday, on a Tuesday. On a, on a school night? Yeah, on a Tuesday. Use a little earlier on a Tuesday. Because, you know, Maggie and I will take it easy toward the end. We kind of ramp things up as it goes, and we head into the weekend. So Monday, Tuesday, kind of, we take it easy, and then it just kind of goes up from there. 
So uh, big plans tonight? No big plans tonight. Going to bed early? Well, I don't know if we'll go to bed early, but, you know, a nice dinner, maybe a glass of wine, and uh-huh. just take it easy, watch a little TV tonight. <laughs> Still no NBA tonight. Everybody's off. I thought there were a couple of teams that played tonight, but there's not. No. What do you got? Some Probably some college hoops tonight? I haven't even looked, because we're going to dinner with some friends after nice, work, yeah. so I'm not even really uh, didn't look to see if there's hockey. I would probably watch hockey tonight. I know you won't. No, I won't be watching hockey tonight. So you'll have to so. catch up on some shows. Yes, have I you, will. Have you watched on Netflix Louder Milk? I have not. Have you heard of Louder Milk? I have heard of it, yes. That is so damn funny. Well, maybe that'll be the uh, entertainment this evening. And if you've watched Louder Milk, how in the hell did this show last three seasons before anybody knew about it? I don't know. It's, so it's been it's three seasons already? Yes. Wow, and it's a funny show. It, it is. In fact, I was talking about this the other day with uh, Rob's brother, Jason, he was uh, he was like, what have you been watching? Well, I said, louder milk. Oh, man, I just started watching it. And he said the same thing. And I was like, well, somebody, I saw somebody tweet like, hey, it's after the Super Bowl. What do you want to watch? No, we, we watched it, and they're like 30-minute episodes, and, and it's funny, right? Bunch yeah. of comedians. It's funny. And it's like, how has this been around, and nobody talks about it? Well, that sounds like something we may start this evening. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that one's good. On Apple, I've been watching, although they drop every Friday, the uh, World War II uh, series that they've got going on. That's good. Well, I still haven't seen the uh, the one that you, I think it was you or RJ and Rob were talking about, the uh, We Are the World documentary thing. You haven't watched that yet? I haven't watched Dude, it. That's out. good, too? Yeah, that was good. Nice. Well, maybe that's... Uh, if you what just we'll have to do, if you just want uh, something for an hour and a half and and go to bed, Oscar says Lotto Milk. That's my show. Yeah, well, thanks Gino, for telling me ahead of time, dude. Gino D Domenico says that Sticks really brought it last night, and I agree with that because you were at Sticks. I was at Sticks last night at the rodeo, and I tell you, what, it was a great show. I I had no idea that dudes that old <laughs> could uh, could bounce around like that. How old are they? You know, that's a great question. They get. Look, they got to be because I know that uh, at one point in time they said that Tommy Shaw had been a a rocker for fifty years. Okay, so let's assume he started at nineteen, seventeen. Got to be upper sixties. Yeah, it could be sixties or or in their seventies. It it is amazing. And man, this sounds bad as I'm thinking about how I'm going to say this. When you see people in their 70s and the energy that they have, yeah. whether they are musicians, you, you know, like look at the Rolling Stones. Right? I, I look at any of these bands that you've been watching your whole life. They're all about 10, 15, 20 years older than you are. Well, the all Rolling the, Stones are, uh, yeah, they're up there. They're, they're, they're up there. <laughs> you look at a guy like Greg Popovich, still coaching and getting around. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I talk to my mother and... You know, she, oh, pain. And and I was like, how are you the same age as Pop, right? How are you, you you know, so not every 70-year-old is created equally, right? That's how old Tommy Shaw is, according to uh, Wikipedia, 70. He's 70. And he was bouncing around. Yeah, but he only has to do it for an hour and a half. Well, but that was at the rodeo. I I would hope and I would assume that if you saw him in concert, it would be a little longer than that. Because there were three or four songs that, uh, in my, that, you know, they left out. I wish they would have. Well, they've been around a long time. They've got a deep catalog. Well, they do. They, and they're nothing do. new. So it's not like you get that. Well, they're playing a new song I've never heard, and I'm going to go to the bathroom.
But see, that's I like concerts like that. I'd prefer if I'm going to go to a concert, I want to hear songs that I've heard. And I, you know, you play and, the hits. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, but hey, we got this new album coming out. Let's see. No, they're still trying to sell music. They're going to play well, everything you it. want, but two or three new songs. I get it. But, you know, I mean, you I, go I to a lot the, of concerts where you've never heard of any of the songs. I want the hits. <laughs> you know, Give me the hits. You know, sticks. They're they're, they're going to be in Houston uh, in June with Foreigner. Uh huh. I think and, we're going. Aren't go we? see a full show. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah, I think we. I think we are. Yeah, who, been, who opens up that show? Sticks. Sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen Foreigner. That'd be awesome. How have you never seen Foreigner? Never seen him. Uh, Sticks was my first concert ever. I saw Sticks three times um, early on. Saw Van Halen three times. Ted Nugent. That was a great show. Mm-hmm. You know, Corpus Christi had this place called Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, back in, in, in those days, late 70s, early 80s, there'd be a lot of, uh, lot of big bands would come there. And so it was great. I, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, get on the concert list. It yeah. was great. Yeah, I've yeah. got to figure out upcoming shows. Um, my And then my wife throws in, she wants to go see Blake Shelton. Nice. I'm sure it will be fun. It would be great. It, w- it would be a lot of fun. I don't know any Blake Shelton songs. Well, I, I, I've got some i can probably although i would imagine i'll hear something all right so that's blake sure that that's blake but i'm also going to figure out how to not go see blake shelton you have to if your wife wants to go well see hear me out i want to go see disturbed (laughs) and uh, disturbed what are you laughing at disturbed I think you are disturbed. Are you not down with the sickness? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, but they're playing in Austin. I have heard that song. They, they by are the way. play. You've you've probably heard a lot of that disturbed was some songs. zombie movie that that plays. <laughs> right? It's seriously there is one. I'm sure they use it in a zombie movie. <laughs> um, but I'm I, you know they're playing at the Moody Center like next Thursday. Uh huh. And so I, I might do that. But it's a Thursday night, so you you know that that you know it's Thursday, and then I see. They're playing in Phoenix on Saturday. Well, there you go. I got a kid that lives in Phoenix. Yeah. We went to Phoenix last year to see Disturbed, and the show got canceled because it was too hot, right? So well, it won't be too hot now. No. See? And so I, I'm like, all right, well, well, maybe we'll just go to Phoenix. She's like, well, you could, t- you could just go to Phoenix by yourself and take Erica. Ah. See, so if I have a dad-daughter Disturbed concert night, Joanna could go to Phoenix and do a, a mom-daughter Blake Shelton night. I see. I got you. You, you see what I'm saying? Hey, you would enjoy, You need to expand your mind. Blake Shelton's a big star. He is a big star. Big star. Big star. You ought to go. You didn't think you'd like that chicken fried dude either, and you did. I mean, I had a great time at the concert, <laughs> and I knew the last song that he played. Well, there you go. You don't even remember his name. <laughs> the chicken fried guy. The chicken fried name is guy. Zach Brown. Yes, that guy. The Zach Brown. And band. the best Zach Brown story is Rob Thompson and I at the Super Bowl <laughs> of Minnesota at the cigar party when it was none degrees, so everybody's inside. We were talking to this guy for 20, 30 minutes. He knew we had no idea who he was. <laughs> and he probably loved that. And he loved that. And his cover was blown when somebody came and said, Can I get a picture with you? And it was like I thought he was just a random dude. Just hanging out. Now, I got to show you one of the original members of uh, 
I can't take this off. But so during the break, this dude looks like Swampy, one of the members of uh, of Sticks. Well, I haven't seen Swampy in a while. Maybe it is Swampy. Maybe, maybe that's what he did. <laughs> he left to go join Sticks, <laughs> but he's still here. He's just working remotely. Exactly. I mean, what do you do on the tour bus all day? You're only on 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 the stage for an hour and a half. I mean, kind of does. He, he he resembles him. They they could be brothers. Hold on. What's this dude's name? It's. Uh... <laughs> Hang on. Now I got to check this out. James J Y Young. And apparently what I learned last night, and it's funny because I don't remember song names and stuff or band members' names, but this guy's original, and he wrote a majority of the Sticks songs. You think James Young looks like Schwampy? He does. He looks like his younger brother. Dude. <laughs> I, I think he resembles him. How do you figure? Dude, are you serious? That dude doesn't look at all like Swampy. It's Swamp. Not at all. Well, last night he had on a fedora hat. Oh, uh, and that's Swampy? It, it looked like it looked like uh You were uh, drinking it, too well, much, man. And he had good seats. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I took it easy last night. But that, it, it, that guy to me does not look at all like Swampy. I think he resembles Swamp and and it just they could be relatives. Do you remember what Swampy looks like? Maybe that's that maybe that's it. <laughs> That's not swampy at all. I'm telling you, look Way at that guy. Way too skinny. What? Way too skinny. <laughs> I'm not talking about his physical. Yeah, I'm well, talking about his, his face. Even his hair in his face. Not even close. I, I, I disagree. I think he looks like swampy. Is Ryan not putting stuff up on our on our YouTube deal? I don't know. Why? Well, because I was hoping that swampy would uh, end up there. And, and Ryan could do a side-by-side on our YouTube. You know, I, I don't know if Ryan's still here. Is he still here? I don't know why the guy leaves when the show's not over. Well, because he, I, I mean, he works he works with the uh, with the morning cuddle. Well, I mean, you can't do part-time good stuff on YouTube <laughs> and not full-time <laughs> good stuff on, on YouTube. You, you see what I mean? Look at this. I, I love people who are commenting on YouTube, by the way, saying their first uh, concert, like Robert Spencer was Cheap Trick. That's pretty cool. And Fred Villarreal says uh, Oyster Bay. Now, if you are looking on our YouTube channel, uh-huh. that's a picture of Swampy last week in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now, look at that picture for those of you on YouTube. I'm telling you, the resemblance is crazy. And then Google image James Young <laughs> and tell me if they're even close to the same. That's the full picture. We were, we were at the uh, uh, El Cortez. Yes, we were. Did I got to use my uh, my not, not my even. chip as a ball marker this weekend? First time. Yeah, it was great. Joe stole a dollar. Well, stole. He stole. didn't cash in a dollar from the El Cortez. Yeah, and I, so I was able to use it as a ball. Brought back great memories. The El Cortez. Shogun <laughs> is uh, playing an advanced screening at Santico's Casablanca on Thursday night. If you want to go, like see tomorrow night, the advanced screen that would be yes, okay, tomorrow night, Thursday right. night, the twenty second. Today's the twenty first, so that would be tomorrow, the twenty second, right? Yes, it would be. If you want to win tickets, a pair of tickets, so you can take a date, and you get free popcorn and drinks. Nice. Now it's Santico, so let's say they're they're fountain drinks. 
You get maybe you get the Slurpee, a cheap sob, and take a date. It'll be good. All on us. You don't have to pay for tickets. You don't have to pay for popcorn or drinks. Why does that have to be cheap? You're cheap. You don't but have to be cheap. that's a good cheap. thing. If you win. It's free 49. Isn't that what we all want? <laughs> we all, if it's free, it's for me. Well, sure. You don't be cheap. But I'm just saying. But if you want a uh, night out with a lady, then. Uh, don't tell the lady you won the tickets. Say you bought all of this stuff and you're a VIP. I would not. I was, dude, I am a winner. I won these tickets. <laughs> you want to be a winner. And if you want to be a winner. And you want to win tickets and go to the Advanced Green uh, Shogun tomorrow, just be caller number 12 right now, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776, free popcorn, free beverages, two tickets to go to the Advanced Screening of Shogun. If you, and, and if you can't go tomorrow night, don't try to win. No, because you got to go tomorrow night. Because literally, it yeah. is a tomorrow night thing. That's 210-656-ESPN. Six five six three seven seven six. Hey, it's Jim Rome, and it's great to be back in San Antonio. Join me weekdays at noon on my new home, ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Lennox. On a Wemby Wednesday. Howdy. Just rolling through all the tabs that I have open and got back on James Young's picture. I don't need that. Hang on. Well, it's because it's like swampy looking at you. Not at all. <laughs> Dude, literally, <laughs> not, not, not even Dude, close. I'm telling you, I, that's what I, because. How much did you drink last no, night? No, I didn't drink at all. I mean, I'm telling what? you from looking, not at uh, did I say not at all? You said not at all. Well, that's not true. I know better. Okay. <laughs> that's not true. But it wasn't a lot, okay. I wasn't uh, I wasn't impaired, if that's your your question. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this guy; he's got a fedora on, and I'm thinking, man, that's swamp. Wow. Um, that must have been really good prime rib you had last night at the rodeo. You know, it was good. I mean, because you Delicious. also sent a yeah. group chat picture that said I might made the big screen. <laughs> And Ryan thought you made Kiss Me Cam, and then it turns out, because typical Joe, he forgot to attach the picture. I did. <laughs> it took me a minute. And it turned out that it was Bill Taylor giving the forecast. Well, it, it's funny, because uh, I guess they're in the rodeo. I guess Ken's 5 is the official rodeo station, so there's a, uh, Billy T giving a, a weather forecast. I sent it to him, too. Yeah? Yeah. I said, I'm looking pretty good on the Jumbotron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprised you didn't say something snarky. Like, uh, and I'm looking old up there. Yeah, right. I should have. Well, TV's added 10 years I to me. I should have, yeah. Exactly. I want to thank the people at Ken's TV. Yes. Uh, they, they came and did a story on us yesterday. Or not on us. They, they included us in their story about the UIW brawl because nobody at UIW will talk. Um. The suspensions were handed down today. Four UIW players suspended, won three games, and a couple others are going to sit out two games. But Richard Duran, the UIW athletic director, who not even responding today to our request to come on yesterday, he said he couldn't because the conference was investigating. The investigation is over, and he's still uh, not responding. But he did give a statement to the Express News and Greg Luca where he says, uh, quote, 
The University of the Incarnate Word respects the decision made by the Southland Conference. We will honor the suspensions handed down effective immediately. We would like to thank the SLC office for handling this matter in a fair and efficient manner. <laughs> and thank you for doing it because we didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, he's probably not happy with us. We uh, we kind of let him have it yesterday, but I, rightly so. I, I mean, quite honestly, I, I don't care if he's happy with us. Well, I don't care either. I'm um, just saying. But be a professional. Yeah. That happened under your watch, and it. And I'd like to ask him, I mean, were are you allowed to suspend those guys, or do you have to wait for the Southland Conference uh, to and, do something? And that's a good question, to be fair to those guys. That's a great question. So... Um, interesting. And, and, uh, you know, and uh, why hide from it? It happened. Everybody knows it happened. Bad look. Yes. And, and, and own it and and talk about what you're going to try to do to make sure that doesn't happen again. Exactly. Right. Not, not not difficult. PR one Oh one. Uh huh. Bad things happen. Don't hide. That's right. And Jerry Jones would say any publicity is good publicity. Well, I mean, look, Incarnate Word made national news. They did. I mean, how many people knew where Incarnate Word was? Because I know a lot of people ask that. Sure. You know. Yeah. Not like San Antonio is in the name. No, it's not. Now they know. UIW, San Antonio. Yesterday we were talking with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. And when you think about the upcoming offseason for the Dallas Cowboys and we keep talking about all these people that have to get paid. Mm-hmm. Dak, he's going to get his money. Uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a contract. And it's going to be record-setting, and everybody's going to, whatever. It's going to happen. Micah's due, but you don't have to pay him yet. CD is up. Mm-hmm. It's time for CD to get paid. And I think most of us that cover and talk about the Dallas Cowboys on a regular basis just assume CD's going to get paid. And he's going to be one of the highest paid wide receivers, partly because he's next. That would be the assumption. It's going to be around $30 million a year. Shereen Williams said yesterday, of everybody that Jerry has to pay, because you can't pay them all. Wow. There is one in particular that she would not pay. Jerry talks a lot about that, that, you know, you've got to figure out how CD wants to be paid as as the highest paid receiver. And Michael wants to be paid as the highest paid edge rusher. Micah, I would say, deserves it. I'm not sure C.D. Lamb, if I'm starting to name, I know he made all pro, he's on my all pro ballot, don't get all riled up, but <laughs> start naming the top top three receivers. I don't have him in the top three receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson was hurt all year. Let's be realistic. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's a better receiver than C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is really good. Does he deserve to be paid as the highest paid receiver in football? I, I don't think so, but it you know, the market is what the market is, and you're worth whatever somebody will pay you. So if that's what he wants and, you know, he's going to hold out to get it or whatever he's going to do to, to get it um, or to threaten to leave or to wait and be franchise tag or, you know, play it like um, uh, Dak Prescott did and bet on himself, you know, that remains to be seen. But there's only so much money to go around. At some point you're cutting corners in other positions to pay those guys. Me personally, I'm not sure I pay a receiver. I, I just think you can find, I, again, Cedar Lamb's really good. I had him on my all-pro ballot. I just think at 
some point you have to make some really hard decisions. And I think receiver and running back to me are positions that you can go find guys in the draft who are really good. Um, and so that's, I don't know that I'm going to spend a big portion of my salary cap on the receiver position. That's just me. You know, and she, she brings up a good point, but I, when it comes to receiver, look, Amari Cooper, we all admit we thought it was a good thing at the time. Turns out it wasn't. Guy still had a lot left on a very cheap deal. So the same thing could be said for C.D. Lamb. Look, somebody will pay him. If, if the Cowboys let him go, somebody's going to pay him, right? So he'll be playing for somebody else. And I'm not sure that any other team, unless your name is Kansas City uh, and your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, can play with just anybody. He proved that he could. They made the tough decision to get rid of, let Tyree Kill go, uh, and it paid off for them. It worked out. I, I just remember not that long ago the Cowboys tried to go wide receiver by committee, and it was a disaster, and they made the trade for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, I, I had so much belief in him, and – uh, it, 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 you know, not there. I mean, you know, when I miss Cedric Wilson, you know, that tells you what I think about Michael Gallup right now. I, I like how they use Brandon Cooks at the end of the year. Brandon yep. Cooks told us when we were in Las Vegas on Radio Row that, you know, when I said, you know, you, you came on strong, they finally started using me, right? I mean, uh, you know, and so did that momentum carry over. I just don't know how you not pay a guy like C.D. Lamb unless there is more to the story than we know. Like, how accurate was his mom in that Facebook post, even though CD has denied having any issues with this quarterback or or unhappiness within the, the Cowboys organization? But there are tons of receivers out there. That doesn't mean that you draft one and they're going to be that guy right away. And the chemistry that CD Lamb has with Dak Prescott is worth the price of admission. Is it to a fault, though? And I, and and hear me on this. That Green Bay game, Dak was trying to force the football to C.D. Sure. Lamb, and it cost him in that first half. That's got to be ironed out if you keep a C.D. Lamb. Can Brandon Cooks be your number one guy? I mean, can he be? He's a good receiver? I don't know. Maybe he can be. I'm just – look – I agree with Shireen in this respect because I never thought she'd say that about C.D. Lamb. I never thought about that. But you can't pay those three players half of your salary cap and expect to be a good football team. You know, and and again, you got some offensive linemen that you got to look at. They've got some decisions to make. Can you get a receiver that is almost as good as C.D. for half the price? Do you feel like you could do that? I don't know that you can just go to the draft and hope that the guy's going to work coming right out of college. Well, Jalen uh, Tolbert didn't. No, and <laughs> and still hasn't. But are there some free agents that are going to not be $30 million a year that you might be able to, to go get that they're not CD, but are they close enough to where you could say, okay, we could survive uh-huh. without this guy? I mean, Minnesota – was able to part ways with Stephon Diggs. And, yeah, you know, so we've seen it. Somebody will pay him, but it doesn't have to be in Dallas. And what I find interesting is, you know what? Of all the guys that you could afford to try to move on and replace kind of similarly, CD is it. I mean, it's hard to find an edge rusher, especially one of the caliber of Micah. 
you're going to be able to go find another running back. Quarterback is quarterback. Receivers in, in this pass-happy football world that we live, starting in high school to college, I mean, there's more quote-unquote running backs playing wide receiver now because they understand at the high school level and then at the college level. So is that – I wonder how much of a conversation – are they having with Will McClay and Stephen and Jerry and Mike McCarthy about just this very topic? Well, I tell you, uh, you got to be thinking that uh, those three, or at least Stephen and Will McClay, are, are going over that salary cap and what, what is due and, and putting a strategy together. And they have to be. They have to be putting a strategy together because it's going to take some gymnastics, I think, to get this thing done and to get some players on there. You mentioned a few of the, of the areas the Cowboys need to improve. They need linebackers. Uh, they may need another defensive uh, run stopper if Mozzie Smith doesn't work out, although I think he needs another opportunity. Um, so there's there's a lot of areas the Cowboys have to deal with, and it's going to be a fascinating offseason, as it always is, to see what they do and how they go about doing it. But if you're paying Dak $60 million a year for however many years, hopefully it's back-heavy where it buys you some uh, some space this year to uh, go all in, as Jerry's talking about. Um, it's going to be a fascinating offseason, but it now, always is. Now, Pledge has a list of uh, the top free agent receivers out there. Gabe Davis is on this list. Uh, you have Hollywood Brown on the list. Calvin Ridley. Wow. Uh, now he's going the other way. Um, <laughs> Darnell Mooney. Shouldn't Mike Evans be somewhere on there? Tyler Boyd. Mike Evans is on the list at yeah. number two. Michael Pittman with the Colts. I mean, so, I mean, they're, you know, and I don't know T. Higgins. I mean, you know, some number two receiver guys, can they be number ones? And, again, the Cowboys tried that a couple of years ago. It didn't quite work out. Uh, maybe you trade for somebody. Um, somebody else might be in a situation where they might have to part with the wide receiver because they, they can't pay all their guys. Well, that would make news, I'll tell you that. Cowboys have traded C.D. Lamb. That would that that, that <laughs> yes yes that that the Cowboys could you know trade a toenail and they're going to make news because uh, exactly right they're the they are the Dallas Cowboys but when you look at at a guy like C.D. Lamb he he's a uh, he's not unrestricted right um, no so he's, he's got he's, he's got a year he's, left. he's got a year yes. left so but this is the time. To pay him, yes. or he becomes a free agent. Yes, that is correct. So they do have him for at least one more year. So that yes. list of free agents. I mean, uh -huh. you know, it's just if he's not paid, is he going to be a happy wide receiver in Dallas? Mm. Who knows? It's the morning huddle with Rob Thompson and R.J. Ochoa. Thursday on the morning huddle, the Spurs rodeo road trip continues. The trail ride heads into Sacramento. Is Wimby ready? We're going to talk about it. Now back to the Blitz. Jason, first of all, thanks for setting an alarm for me on Tuesday morning. It was going to be a difficult day. And Joe, did I hear you went to Sticks? Who goes and sees Sticks at a rodeo? I bet you don't even know a single song. Sing one for us, Joe. <laughs> come on, sing it, Joe. Come sail away, come sail away, come no, and never sail mind. away no, with me. Ne never mind. You, yeah. sh you, you shouldn't sing. There we go. That's Sticks. You're welcome. Yes. Huh. You want some more? No. Lady, when, I, <laughs> when you're with me, I'm crying, or something like that. 
I got a whole repertoire if you're All ready. All of a sudden, stick sounds like Kansas. You want me to you just got a kill, dust in the wind? Kill the uh, <laughs> last segment here? Sure. What else you got? Um, let me, you, trying, you, trying you got. You, so you I was got, singing last night. You Matt, got in two. fact, on the videos, you can hear uh, Maggie and I singing. So, Oh, you didn't post those, did you? Of course I did. Did you really? Yes. I missed those. Did you sing Renegade? Renegade, they played that. That was a good one. Yes. Mr. Roboto. That's another one. Another good one. So don't knock it, Rob, until you try it. It was a lot of fun, buddy. A lot of fun. <laughs> Joshua Menace on our YouTube page says, more Joe singing. Somehow, he knows talent. Somehow... I figure that Joshua Jimenez is trying to come up with some weird gifts of you singing. You think so? Yes. Like you should do the best of times right now because I think that would be a good gift. You think so? You Why were, is that? If you were, I don't know. <laughs> you singing because you get into it. I do. I mean, you, you start to sing. And if you've watched this on YouTube or if you're watching now, uh-huh. Um, I mean, Joe, I, I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. Sure. A lot of well, things going you, on. you got to have the facial thing. The, the, well, but you look more uh, like you're in the pain. The emotions. You're, you're, you know, and, and, and not just pain in your earphones from <laughs> what's coming out. The dogs that are starting to howl. I've never claimed to be a singer. True. But, you know, if the shoe fits. Well, look, and you're, you're, you're not afraid to just sing. No. So why should I be? All the stuff I say on this radio program, I got... Uh, Although there's only one vote for more of Joe singing sticks from the uh, concert he went to last night at the rodeo. I don't know, Fred, uh, that's kind of a de facto endorsement for more singing, don't you think? Joe D. Young today? Yeah. Ooh. Well, no. I, think he, I think he's comparing me to one of the uh, sticks... Guys. I, I think Fred thinks you look like Swampy all of a sudden. <laughs> I think that's what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, okay. You know, yesterday we got <laughs> off work early because uh, Joe had to go to a concert and technically A&M was, was playing. Another brutal loss for the Aggies. So we missed uh, our uh, sports, our injury update. So we're, we're going to do that today. We pushed to the day. Our injury update powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine. Online at TSAOG.com. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Schroff joining us now uh, on the Byers Barricades at Guest Line. Doc, are you a Sticks fan? Can't say but um, I enjoy it every now and then. Well, that's good. I went to a Sticks concert last night, Doc, and it was... Uh, it was fabulous. Okay. Well, good. Good to hear. <laughs> I could. My ears were fine, and uh, I'm in, in, in good shape today. Yeah, you're, you're doing that. Now, the, we, we need some uh, free medical advice, if you don't mind, Dr. Schroff. Our great producer, James Pledger, over the long holiday weekend, went skiing in New Mexico. And he comes back, stopped at Walgreens on his way to work, and bought the biggest bag of icy hot stuff that I've ever seen. <laughs> this guy is lathered up head to toe in icy hot. And he's, oh, my back hurts and this hurts. And Pledge never gets hurt. Um, what do you recommend Pledge do besides bathe in icy hot, which is an awful cologne, by the way? 
Um, I guess the first thing would probably be to be a better skier, sounds like. But um, uh, I'm not sure. So, it, you know, it, skiing is kind of that kind of a thing that we just do, uh, you know, one time a year. So definitely it can it can show, you know, when you when you're suddenly going into something that's pretty high intensity. Uh, I know for myself, if I go skiing, my my legs are pretty trashed for for a while. So I mean, other than just resting, taking it easy, icy hot is always is a good deal. Regular old ice or a frozen sack of peas works just as well. Um, but just a few days off, I think maybe some ibuprofen and probably should be feeling right. Uh, a frozen sack of peas for uh, skiing injuries. I mean, not, it's just not vasectomies <laughs> apparently with that. But I, I, I like a pledge <laughs> apparently using muscles that he hasn't used before. But is there too much right. icy hot that you can use? I mean, kind of like a dude with perfume, uh, with cologne or a lady with perfume and you smell them before you see them. That's how pledges <laughs> with the icy hot. Should he lay off the icy hot a little bit? So, yeah, but I mean, besides just the offensive smell it is a chemical that's it's a, it works by creating a chemical reaction so it could you know certainly could cause a reaction or a low, uh, like an allergic reaction and if you use too much it could uh, give you like a chemical irritation or a dermatitis so you do want to be sparing with it and not use too too much but dermatitis <laughs> learn new words yeah. you hear that pledge mhm you got to be careful my friend one patch every 8 hours that's yeah. Yeah, well, so though all our sinuses are cleared. <laughs> exactly. I can breathe freely. There's no question about it. Right, Doc, i got to ask you a football question about our good friend Deshaun Watson, who uh, is said to be back on track in his rehab schedule. He's going to begin throwing in March. He was hampered by a shoulder injury. And w- when you look at a shoulder injury, is that something that you, you really need to rest? Because he tried to play through it, and it just never got any better. Yeah, so uh, this was a pretty tough injury, it seems like. Uh, you know, he had a fracture of his glenoid, and so the glenoid is the, the socket portion of the shoulder. So, you know, we think of our hips and our shoulders are kind of like a ball in a socket. And in, in the case of the shoulder, it's, it's more akin to like a golf ball on a golf tee. So uh, the socket is not very deep. And so when you break a portion of that or you have a piece of bone that's missing from that, um, it can really affect the stability of the shoulder. So it sounds like what probably happened to Deshaun was he injured the shoulder and knocked a, a small portion of that uh, socket, broke it off, and it was displaced. So that can affect the stability, and it's his throwing arm, so he needs that to be 100%. So um, the surgery, you know, it was about three months ago, so now is the time that, you know, probably in another month or so he would get back into throwing. Um but it sounds like things are going well for him. But yeah, definitely something he that you don't want to continue to play through if he's having ongoing instability or symptoms. Dr. Jeffrey Schroff joining us here on the Blitz for our injury update, powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine. They're online at TSAOG.com. The Houston Texans wide receiver Tank Dell plans to practice this spring. And everybody remembers he broke his leg and people question whether a guy his size should have been blocking where he was at the time and all that kind of stuff. But everybody says he's making great progress coming back from the broken fibula, had surgery. It's, 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 it's been a while. But last week when we were in Las Vegas on Super Bowl Radio Row, we were talking here on the Blitz with Cowboys running back Tony Pollard 
who told us that it was about the Carolina game where he kind of felt like himself. And last year, getting ready for the season was more about rehab and getting back to where he was than full off-season training. And by a, a lot of counts, I mean, Tony Pollard did not have the year we expected. Now, because it was a broken bone and not ligaments like an ACL, everybody says, oh, once it heals, he's going to be fine. Knowing what I know now about Tony Pollard, should I limit my expectations on what we can expect from Tank Dell next year? Yeah, um, yeah. so, I mean, a little bit of it is it depends on his specific injury. I know he broke his fibula. Sometimes, you know, that can just be more in isolation where it's just the, the, the bone that's broken. Sometimes it is accompanied by some ligament injury. Uh, regardless, you know, he's, he's had surgery, uh, you know, he, he, the, as long as the bone heals routinely. Um, I think he should probably be in pretty good shape going into training camp and, uh, you know, coming up in the upcoming season. Um, it's probably been long enough that he should have a reasonable expectation of recovering. Fully. And, and, and how much of that is, you know, because he's a wide receiver and not a running back, the position he plays, he should still be able to produce at that same level. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly different positions put different stresses on, on people. He, he, you know, probably takes a lot less contact than than some other people, but, you know, that speed and agility is something that, that both positions require. But, yeah, I mean, uh, ankle injuries, you know, with a broken fibula can kind of run the gambit. His seems to be more of a of a kind of a lower level and probably something that he should recover from well. It's going to be interesting nice. to see. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Schroff, always appreciate the time. Thanks for being flexible with us. <laughs> Early release yesterday for yeah. the Aggies. And I don't know what you do about your Aggies, Doc. They're, they're, they're yeah, having a rough um, time. It's been rough, but, I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can turn it around, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's another tough season for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. Appreciate it. <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Schroff from the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine with our injury update. He joins us, as all our guests do, on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. You know, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, we are going to judge meat and give away a $50 gift card to uh, Tri-County Meat Market. If you've done grilling over the last couple of days, make sure you take those great photos from your grill. You put them on Instagram. You put them on Facebook. Put them at sasportstar.com, the Grilling with the Blitz page, for your chance to win a $50 gift card. If you email it to me, it, that doesn't get you in. If you send it to Pledge, we had a dude the other day at the Rupa. Man, I sent it to Pledge. Why don't I win? Because he didn't go to sasportstar.com. Yeah, you sent it to Pledge. I, give me some good meat to judge, will you? I mean, this is a call out to all of you out there. I need some meat to judge. So send in some Anything good in stuff. specific you want to see on the uh, on somebody's grill? I like it thick. I like it thick. Nice, thick steak. I did some pork chops last night. I saw that. The picture looked great. The, the, and they came out fantastic. Yeah. And I had a guy... Uh, well, a couple people, and I, and so I'm going to bring this up because like four different people said, did you use pineapple because of the color, right? Um, no, no, no pineapple. What'd you um, use? So I marinated them in the, uh, Olive Garden, uh, Italian oh, that, dressing. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And obviously for hours there in that, the Gulf Coast smoked seasoning from Southern hospitality gives it obviously great color. And, and then I hit it with the little sweet baby rays. Uh, so that barbecue sauce and that blend kind of gave it that color, which was, it was cool looking color, but yeah. I didn't think pineapple when I saw it, but a bunch of you did. 
And a lot of people are asking, man, what did you do? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll add some sort of pineapple. No. Uh, I'm not a pineapple guy. No, I'm not if a pine- you are, you can go that route. But I like pineapple, but not on my pork chops. I mean, a little bit of flavor. No. I mean, it, 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 it's amazing what certain flavors can do as a compliment, as long yeah, as it's no not doubt. dominant. But there was no pineapple there. But the majority of that color is coming from the Gulf Coast smoke you and the, their southern hospitality. Actually, I do. Well, I mean, I, I, I could have brought some to Pledge, but Pledge was buying lunch today. Well, so the hell with Pledge. I could have used some. Again, he bought you lunch today. I know I he was did. not going to rain on his parade. I was not going to show up with meat knowing that Pledge, and quite frankly, he went to barbecue station, uh, barbecue station got his brisket sandwiches. He so. did, and that was very nice of him, but what's he going to do for dinner? Uh, did you guy? not see Pledge? He's got two more sandwiches in there. I mean, he's going to eat for a week, and I'm going to have those. A week? Uh, those won't right. last through the night. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I used some of the leftover pork chops with eggs this morning. Oh, yeah? Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good. Really good yeah, stuff. Definitely. Really good stuff. Don't forget our golf tournament coming up March 25th at the Golf Club of Texas. Get signed up at sasportstar.com. 